So, my Puggy viewers, before we get on with the show, here are a few reminders on how to keep all your ducks in a row before listening. Remember before checking me out on this episode that it may contain strong language and situations that may make some listeners sheepish, so listener's discretion is advised. If spoilers are too much for you to bear, for Nichijo and any and all other series, please watch Nichijo and come back later to enjoy our tales. And finally, all thoughts and opinions of, are that of the individual participants and do not reflect dub talk as a whole. See, that wasn't so rough. Now, what's the Indonesian phrase for getting on the show? Oh, what, were the puns too much? Are you hopping mad? Well, you can't stop me. It's time for you to Nietzsche go and get on with your ordinary life. Salamat Pagi, listeners, and Salamat Datang to another episode of Dub Talk, where we cover the latest and greatest in English language dubbed anime. And boy, do we have a treat for you tonight. We have for you not just a good show, not simply a fan favorite, not just a show that was going to be released on home video a decade ago, before Bandai was cruelly put out of its misery before it could bestow us with its greatest accomplishment. Listeners, we have a show that many declared to be undubbable. But dub it they did. That's right, tonight we're talking about Funimation's dub for the beloved 2011 cult hit Nichijo. Wait, 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 wait. Life. Oh, I'm sorry, I'm sorry, I'm sorry. But when you said we were talking about an undoubled dub, I thought we were finally going to talk about Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei, Amon. I thought we were here to talk about Bakemonogatari. I thought we were here to talk about Tatsumi Galaxy, you fucking lied to me. <laughs> Amon, did you no, trick no, every no. single one of us? Again. Rich, is that you? Look, it's not my fucking fault you never read anything I send you, alright? That's on all three of you. Don't put this on me. It's not! Look, look, okay, if you would just send it I to us I got my education normal... in the state of Florida. You're lucky that I can read. I can't count. I've met alligators in there. That, that's no excuse. <laughs> Listen! Just because the alligators can count doesn't mean... Look, alligator school is a specialized <laughs> institution that hasn't been touched by the hands of Jeb. D- well, that that is both charming and unfortunate, and I apologize. Megan, do alligators have an anime club? <laughs> alligators do have an anime club. Their favorite show. Oh, their their favorite. Their favorite. They also have a manga club. Their favorite manga is apparently Dor Dorehedro. Dor. Uh, yeah, that yeah that checks out. Oh, okay. Oh, Dora. Hedora. Whatever it is. Whatever, whatever the... F- I can't fucking pronounce it. Uh, I guess their favorite anime is uh, the Dragon Pilot, because dragons are just <laughs> alligators that fly. No, they're all big fans Aww. of Miss Kobayashi's Dragon Maid. But Only it, but the lesbians. It had to be had to be localized into Miss Kobayashi's Gator Maid. <laughs> Choo-choo, yeah, y'all! Uh, Does uh, this have anything to do with what we're actually talking about today, Amon? <laughs> Also no, in that version, a... also in that version, Kobayashi and Toru are uh, also sisters. Oh boy. Oh. Okay, before we go to hell, what are we doing? <laughs> uh, we're talking about the beloved 2011 cult hit Nichijo, My Ordinary Life. The only show brave enough to ask the question, what if Azamanga Daya was just 24 episodes of surrealist insanity? <laughs> With a budget of... God. 
essentially. Yeah, with yeah, with with every with every production for technique that um, Kiyoani ever learned doing really pretty things, except applied to just rampant stupidity. What if Azumanga Dio dropped acid? This no, that's what the no no that's the no that's just the Helvetica standard parts. <laughs> Helvetica standard. Hey, Megan, Megan, uh, Megan, if you what? tell me who you like. You, you tell me who you like. I promise I won't tell anyone. And if I tell anyone, I'll give you a million yen. It's Roots of Justice. <laughs> hey, everyone! Megan loves Roots of Justice! Just smacks some fucking water cash and just walks away. Cash money hoes. <laughs> Joining me tonight are my compatriots. Noah? I, I, I Say something, Noah. Super Bowl! That works. Megan. Fuck, I actually... I like sharks. <laughs> Excellent. Sharks are great. And Andrew. Why on earth would you give a cat gum? Because you're an idiot. Why uh, would you give... Why on earth would you give a cat gun? Oh, God. A Andrew, Andrew, there's a reason that the last line said in this entire series is just someone resignedly stating, what a complete idiot. Oh, yeah. There's a reason for that. And that's, we don't. It could apply to anyone. Oh my anyone. god, that really was the last line of the show. That's that's, a, that's the last line of the entire show. I cannot think of a better summary. It's also <laughs> the the first line of the show, actually. There you go. It's bookends. It's like uh, Finnegan's Wake. <laughs> that's my statement. I'm standing by it. We are I'm twelve, classy. and what is this? Okay. Finnegan, Finnegan, Finnegan's, Finnegan's Wake is a very confusing novel written by a by a weird, horny Irishman. So. It's, Don't worry yourself about it. Is it James Joyce? It was James it Joyce. It is James Joyce. I was so, gonna say, oh, cool. So can we get Willem Dafoe to play him? If only. So, Amon, I know you slightly teased it earlier, but I feel mm -hmm. it deserves to be reiterated again. How mm -hmm. weird the localization history of Nichijou has been for the West. My basic understanding is that back in the early 2010s, Bondi was going to put it out. Because um, unfortunately, because mm -hmm. they had a, a reputation of putting out a lot of Kyoani uh, mm. productions like uh, Haruhi Suzumiya and Lucky Star right before mm -hmm. that. Exactly, uh, but unfortunately, they made they 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 made that announcement right before uh, they were put out of their misery. I believe by their their Japanese side for basically not making enough money. They took or something. They took Bondi out behind the shed and yeah, put him down with an AK forty seven. Just if like you, old you, Yeller. If you weren't around at the time, this is this is basically when the uh, the 2000s anime bubble popped, and pretty much any company who wasn't uh, Funimation, Discotech, and technically Sentai basically just up and died because uh, no one could sell any product anymore. So Nichijou was kind of the victim of Bandai dying, and it was one of several titles that was kind of in licensing limbo that they they acquired right before they died. Uh, another more or less another. The two other titles I could think of off the top of my head were Gozik and Turn A Gundam, I believe. Yes. There was also um, a couple of casualties of shows that were, like, uh, they, a couple of volumes of the show were released, like Star mm -hmm. Driver, but then the full thing never came out because, you know, you can't release something if you're not alive. But then... That's true. So, let's fast forward a couple of years. Do you want to handle the... you want to host the episode, Andrew? No, no. <laughs> No, I'm sorry. Look, Andrew, feel, get look, back look, here. Look, Andrew, look, Andrew. If you wanna, look, if I forget something, feel free to chime in. I did not research this part of the show. Okay. Um, but to my to my recollection, you fast forward a few years, Crunchyroll get their hands on it, and they put it up online. 
which, you know, if you're not into piracy, it was the uh, a time a lot of people first got introduced to it. That's how I first watched it. And it was great! It. it was a big hit! It apparently helped revitalize AMVs for a little bit, because look at all this wonderful footage we have to glean from now. Fuck yeah, safety dance! Safety dance exactly. is Exactly. <laughs> if you haven't seen the Nichijou Safety Dance AMV, do yourself a favor. Pause this, go to the YouTube search bar. And then please come back we'll to just, this. We'll just put yeah, a please. link into the description below. <laughs> exactly. Um, and it was great uh, for a few years, and then I believe uh, their license lapsed, and I'm assuming it was probably also not doing the numbers they wanted, so they just let it go away. Until, what, last year? 2018. Uh, 2018, when all of a sudden Funimation announced, hey, we picked up Joe. we're going to do a Blu-ray. Okay, they like, picked hey! it up. They picked up the rights of the Blu-ray in 2016, actually. Oh yeah, it, that's right. And there was uh, it was delayed for a while. It was re-added to Crunchyroll uh, as early back as 2016. Okay. Yeah, that's right. No, yeah. it was Funimation announced at Yomacon 2016 that they got the rights to it, but they released it sub only. I remember then, that day so vividly. You were in the fucking room with us. We it was, was you, me, Ark, Prof, and Dax, and we all fucking lost it. Um. Then, Funimation put it out, but then because of the partnership that they had at the time with Crunchyroll, the show, because it was a subtitle-only show, and that was at that weird time where, like, everything with the sub came off Funimation and went to Crunchyroll, and mm -hmm. everything with the dub went from Crunchyroll to Funimation. Yes. Um, it went back. That to, happened. It went back to and Crunchyroll then for a bit. went back to Crunchyroll for a bit. So then it came back off Crunchyroll and back to Funimation, and then sometime early 2019... There was just an ominous tweet that said, how do you say Selmat Pagi in English? To which everybody and their goddamn mom flipped the fuck out. I flipped the fuck out. To which I would like to reference an episode that we did many years ago on Kobayashi's Dragon Maid before both Nichijo and Hyoka were licensed by Funimation. To which point Mega and I debated, could you even translate Nichijo because it's full of Japanese colloquialisms, references, and puns that seem impossible to translate into English. To which point we were absolutely sure, we put money down that this would never be translated into English. We were proven so dead wrong Bruh. come mid-2019. So, so to summarize for the class, uh, it was streaming on Crunchyroll for a little bit. That was how I originally watched it. Bandai was originally going to license it for home video. Bandai died. It eventually got taken down off of Crunchyroll. Funimation reacquires the license due to a Katakawa deal. It eventually goes back to Crunchyroll due to the Funny Funimation Crunchyroll partnership. It goes off of Crunchyroll because of that, that partnership. Funimation releases it sub only on Blu-ray. And then sometime later, where we're here now, they re-release the show with an English dub on Blu-ray. You got all that, Caboose? I hope you're taking notes. So what you're saying is... What you're saying is Church is actually a gay robot. That's right. I'm a gay robot. <laughs> Thank you. Thank you for the red versus blue. <laughs> what the fuck are you talking about? We're talking about... <laughs> it, it makes no difference yeah, what yeah, church... Yes, you, you, sure, you mentioned red versus blue. I'm going to ignore that and accuse you of being nonsensical anyways. What about it? I'm just in the spirit of Nichijo, my ordinary life. So what is, sure. the, so what is the show about? Surely we have I'm, a summary to go with this. It's about I'm drugs. Glad. I'm glad you asked, Noah. Are you sure? You're glad that I, I put you on the spot to describe what this show is about? 
Oh, I don't have to. I don't have to do that. I stole a description from Funimation's website. <laughs> How to do it? From the creators of Kaon and Lucky Star come a slice of life series packed with absurd antics and hilarious high school predicaments. Follow the adventures of three ordinary girls as they make life's awkward moments a thousand times worse. Along with a colorful bunch of classmates, they learn their most important lesson the hard way, like whether goats are an appropriate form of transportation, who would win in a wrestling match between the principal and a deer, and most notably, if the three-second rule applies to weenies that fly through mohawks. <laughs> Meanwhile, down the street, a pocket-sized professor makes life difficult for a robot who just wants to be normal. But normal's the last thing you can expect in a town where salmon falls from the sky. In fact, the only thing you can count on is your friends, but even they are totally weird. They are such an idiot. She is such an idiot. Mm. All let's, she let's asked be, for... What was that one pun? Let's be like, frank here. No, she, no, no one in the show is winning any IQ quests here. What, what was that one pun? I wish I'd written it down. It was, you know, she sent her to get lunch for her, and she asked for mm -hmm. a rice ball, I think it was. And she comes mm -hmm. back with a fish. Yep. No rice, just a fish. Mm-hmm. What? There's... Oh, God. Look, Mio means very well. Usually. Uh, Sometimes. That's up for debate. When it suits her. No, Mio means well. Yuko's the moron. Yuko. That's right. They, Sorry. They all. Look, Mio also means. <laughs> Look, they all theoretically mean well. I love all of these dumbass chaos let children. Us, let, it, let, it, let us know. These three also destroyed a shrine by complete accident <laughs> once, so, you know. They deserve to be locked in that elevator. <laughs> Harsh. Harsh. And no one's coming to get them because, as we've established, God is dead. Oh, God, I could quote the show for fucking years. I've we been could. quoting it for years. I've been wanting to be in a situation where I can fucking talk about the show. So, so Andrew, so, Andrew, so, uh, Bread Factory, huh? You you had your time to shine, <laughs> Noah Clue. Oh, is that the wrong had show? Your time. That's the wrong show. It's the wrong show. On that note, would we like to talk about the dub? I'd love to. I'd love Wonderful. to. I'll try Excellent. to. Good enough. Uh, That's a so let's get let's get started with our staff, our ADR director and scriptwriter. And in this because this episode, Gigi Joe, as you may know as you watch it, has about eight billion characters, and while we're not going to cover all of them, we do want to try and get this done in a reasonable amount of time so we're not going to be talking about a lot of past roles for time purposes are you telling uh, me we're not going to cover daifuku man no Aww. you can yeah. you can mention him if you want but no okay cool daifuku man's cool andrew andrew here's your swiss roll go off in the corner let the grown-ups talk that is not a swiss roll it's a goddamn roll cake what the fuck i know but it looks like a swiss cake roll it's just <laughs> It does not! It's not even covered in chocolate! And it fits inside her arm! That's how big it is! It's the size of a girl's arm! That's a roll cake, not a Swiss roll! Okay, Jeez. so it's not from Switzerland. Fine. I have chocolate. I'll, I'll, I'll sit in the corner. <laughs> Sorry, I can I can picture you with a white lab coat and a red tie. Just nom 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 nom. Speaking of uh, being our in charge... ADR, our ADR director... <laughs> is Jade Saxton, Yay. and she was assisted on this project by Felicia Angel, Morgan Garrett, and Tia Ballard, because it takes a lot of work to dub this much nonsense. Uh, and the script for the show was done by Howard Wang. Uh, all of them have fabulous illustrious careers that you can read about on ANN, so go do that. And uh, you, have, I know you have the internet. 
I know because you're listening to us right now. Are you sure um, about that? How do you know that they're not listening through us through like secret gator vision? Is the Gator Anime Club watching us right now? Yeah, I'm sure. Uh, I'm sure. I'm sure Gator Vision allows access to ANN as well. I mean, like, I'm not saying that I have like a secret like spy set up uh, in a swamp somewhere in the Everglades with a bunch of kawaii gators sitting around watching like Promare. Wait, no, that's not out. So I mean, like, I'm not saying that they're watching My Hero Academia, but they might be watching My Hero Academia. And so. The Megan went out into the Everglades on Halloween night and said, we're going to wait for the great gator who rises out of the Everglade patch and he brings presents to all the good boys and girls around Florida. The he, present is meth. The present is bath salts and <laughs> meth, methamphetamine. And if you're extra only good, free passes to Disney World. Only in... Okay. You get the free passes to Disney World if you're a good little boy or girl, but if you're a bad little boy or girl live in Polk County, you get meth and bath salts. Which is what it feels like the show was on. There's something appropriate about our inability to stay on topic. It it's feels very in keeping with the show. It, it feels very appropriate. I guess I'll just go because I'm talking. Uh, no, go ahead. You go, Megan. Screw the so order. So I'll be. There was an order. We yep. established that. The the order was whoever is uh whoever dropped their shrimp first. <laughs> he who controls the salt. <laughs> he who controls the spice. Um. So, yeah, uh, I should not have stayed up till 3 a.m. last night. Sorry, not sorry. Um, Happy New Year. Yeah. So, um, I'll be real in that I had seen Nichijo mostly in maybe a couple episodes, spurts, clips, AMV format. I had never actually gotten to sit down and watch the entire show before. Um... So watching it in English was the first time that I did, and originally we were supposed to record this episode a couple weeks ago, and I binged about twenty episodes of Nichi Joe in a day. Do not Oh no My brain my brain took a lot that day and that came out to the equivalency of We drank the blood of people, but the people were on drugs and now I'm a wizard. <laughs> It's how I'm I. Just, I'm, a, can, can we... I'm imagining. I'm imagining the Jupiter section of 2001, except instead of uh, instead of uh, Dave, it's just Megan making horrified faces <laughs> as colored lights flash by. See, I'm just see, imagining Captain when America said... pulling the chair up, like, so you decided, you decided to split Nichi Joe, did you? <laughs> when you said Jupiter, I did not think of 2001: A Space Odyssey, but instead I thought. Of... <laughs> But instead, I thought of cinematic masterpiece Jupiter Ascending. <laughs> Equally bizarre. Megan, Megan, I'm going to be real with you right now. When I call Jupiter Ascending a cinematic masterpiece, I am being completely sincere. That movie's great. I've just never, side, sidebar. I've never seen it, but I want to see the movie with the space. <laughs> with Eddie, so Redmayne, Eddie Redmayne, the space piece, and, and space werewolf Channing Tatum. Oh my god. Someone had The Wachowski sisters clearly know what America wants. Look, I'm just saying that there's a moment where Channing Tatum's character comments. It's like, well, you shouldn't be attracted to me. I'm I'm closer to a dog than you. And uh, Mila Kunis just very lightly says, I love dogs. The Wachowskis are on some next level stuff. People. So why don't we finally get B-Stars, Aniplex? It's not even Aniplex. It's Netflix. Netflix. 
Netflix. By the way, I'm on sidebar to that conversation. Uh huh. Someone needs to photo stick out Mila Kunis and uh-huh. insert 2003 Roy Mustangs. I love dogs. Oh, oh no! Shit. Oh. I oh. love dogs. Bad, bad content. No, that would be fucking hilarious. Oh, we're gonna ride that red rocket all the way to the stars. Leiji <laughs> Matsumoto, you would be proud. Leiji's not dead yet. No, no, he's not. Thank, thank God, he's thank not. Thank God, we we kept him. Thank the stars. We thank the stars. We kept him in tw- 2019. Didn't take him from us. Um, so I have no idea when this is coming out. But this show has some of my, one of my favorite written scripts all year. Howard Wang did the thing that a lot of people thought was impossible, which was translating this show. And not only did he, he adaptively write it, that really felt kind of true to the original, but it still worked in the context of American humor. Um, just for an example, I would like to point out my, my favorite joke in the entire show, which happens in episode one. Um, which is where, uh, um, they, uh, they discover that Sasahara is not anything special, but he rides to school on a goat, and, uh... He is the oldest uh, of the family. Masato? Yeah, he's the oldest- Misato is just like, what the fuck? There's- da 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 And her two friends kind of go, uh, oh, wow, one of the- the kind of, like, the positive one goes- Oh, wow, I didn't know that. And her green-haired friend just goes, and here I thought he was the greatest of all time. (laughs) Like, that, I had to stop the video because I was, like, in tears laughing. Uh, Some of my other favorite lines, what was it? Uh, My Banquet of Boys. (laughs) Banquet Uh, of Boys is pretty good. Banquet of Boys. uh, Look, look, let's not get around the fact that Mio is one thirsty, thirsty girl. (laughs) Oh, she knows what she wants. Mio just want Mio like all girls in that age just want to see another man's look here. If Mio saw Promare, she would draw Leo Gallo fan art, and Gallo and Leo would be on top because Gallo's just legally too stupid to top. God, oh my God! Actually, I you're a hundred percent right, and it's even better because Leo because Leo wears a fucking he wears a fuck what what is that thing? What is he that wears thing? an ascot. It's to wipe the cum. Oh my god, you're. Uh, when it, when, I, I'm when gonna Gallo... sit. I'm gonna sit here now and think about life for a bit. You go continue. Mm. When Gallo, <laughs> when Gallo sprays his fire hose too hard on Leo's face, he has a towel to wipe it up. And as we zoom in on Andrew here, the screen size is getting smaller. There's more blackness on the screen, and it's just slowly <laughs> zooming in on a rectangle of his. Hello, face. darkness, my old friend. <laughs> I've so, come to talk with you again. So, so, so you like the show? You like the script? I love this. Oh, I love the script. I, I, I thought Howard Wang did a great job. There's, um, there is, for as much humor in there as is, like, I, I really want to, like, I hate to, like, bash on another script, or Howard Wang does what I wish the script for, like, Cautious Hero would have done. But then again, I think these are two completely different separate styles of humor, and I prefer this, the humor in Nichijo over the, the, the humor of a, a script in a series like Cautious Hero or even Kodosuba any day. And Jade, as the head director, did a really great job m- getting a lot of these uh, performances out. 
Um, I've, I've watched Nichijo a couple times with my parents in the room. Like, my dad will come in and out, and sometimes my mom will just sit there. And when my mom heard Mio screaming, she just kind of looks at me and goes, Wow, that girl can screech for a really long time. <laughs> She's doing but her she best, also, But she also really... My mom kind of came in, like, towards the, the latter half of the show, but, like, even she seemed to kind of, like, get into, the, into it. She didn't really un- understand the humor. But she she liked the heart the heart of the show, and I think it's like there's a line that Mio has uh, where she's like Sasahara told me that every day is like a, a set of like miracles or something, and I think like that to me that moment with with Mio kind of later in the series really cap culminates the whole like heart of the show where it's like yeah all this weird crazy shit's happening, but at the end of the day like these characters really do care about each other, so. Hmm. I think it's I think it's one of the best dubs that came out of last year, and honestly, as somebody who's who wasn't who didn't have necessary sentimental attachment to the show like the rest of you guys did, this really got me into the show. Yeah. Uh, and honestly, I I kind of like it a little bit better in English because there's a lot of really weird animation shit that I love to just watch. <laughs> you just want uh, you don't want if, your eyes to have to worry to, to, to go down and stuff. Uh, also, I really like all the cameo voices for the episode previews, but my yes. by far my favorite entire portion of the show uh, is the uh, Fae Kingdom segments. Oh my god. <laughs> that shit was, like, hysterical, and I love the last time you see them where Mio herself gets to fight them. Yeah. FYI, Megan's favorite character besides the cat is Mio. Um and just, I think, like, in that last one was, like, Chris George, Derek Snow, um, Jerry Jewell was one of them. There's a I lot think of- Der- I think Derek Snow was the scholar, and he was my fucking favorite one of that. So, but I'm done, I've ranted, so go ahead. Okay, cause I'm gonna, I'm gonna take the microphone here, thank you. And I'm gonna put these little cubes in my hair to try to, try to congeal what it was try- that I, that the show was trying to go for. Because... Uh, I had this expectation when I found out that uh, Nichijou was getting a dub that they may have gone the uh, Chio School Road route, which is another show that Funimation dubbed recently, where um, a lot of the humor uh, was gotten out of the English dub by going extreme with the dialogue, going extreme with the acting, and just being very over the top, which Nichijou does a lot and it's Japanese, but it's a very Japanese style of humor. Um, the show's called Ordinary Life. Which means that in order to know what it is that they're subverting in the show itself, you need to kind of understand some things about regular Japanese life. Um, One little example, which may go over your head if you're not familiar with regular Japanese school life, is their classroom is classroom 1Q. That may not seem like much, Mm -hmm. but that in Japan, the letters correspond to the number of classes there are. So usually you have like classes A through E, usually. Q implies that there are 18 classes of the freshman class, and that is just bizarre, which, I mean, maybe, maybe it's the school the size of Rhode Island, but... I actually never knew that, okay. Yeah, so that that little thing, that little detail of, like, this is not normal may go over your head if you don't know what was normal to begin with. So, how to translate that into English, I think Howard Wang deserves all of the praise on this, because not only does he have some really good puns, and he makes... Uh, he makes the best kinds of translations to English that is possible, but he also keeps the integrity of the non-comedic moments as well. Because there are scenes where the characters are trying to be, um, just trying to like show how uh, sincere they are, how bur- broken down they are, 
and that the, the series never loses the heart of what those characters are going through. Um, there's parts where uh, Mai is um, absolutely deadpan, and they don't play her up her, uh, you know, they don't play up her acting at all to try to make it more comedic. It's just a very deadpan, soft-spoken voice that makes you think, is she mad at me? I, I, I Why isn't she talking to me? Why isn't she getting my puns at all? Or Sakamoto's um, trying to cope with the fact that Whichever one of them I go with, my life sucks. And, and just the billions of little or tiny things there. I think Howard's writing was absolutely great on this. I'm not as huge of a fan on the direction of it. Um, mostly, not because of any of the acting itself, but because a lot of the actors in this are keeping their, mostly their normal speaking voices. Like the, the kind of, like they're not putting on cartoony affectations to a lot of their voice. There's a couple that are, but for most of them, it kind of sounds like their their everyday voice. And because of that lack of diversity in the cast and how they sound, it's a little hard to differentiate some of the characters from each other. And with a show that's this wacky and over the top, and uh, in Japanese had a lot of archetypes clashing against each other, I was kind of hoping for a few more archetypes thrown into this to add to that diversity. But we'll get more into that with the actual characters themselves. As for the just the dub on the whole, this was the impossible task. This this was the white whale of the dubbing anything, and I, I can't think of a way they could have done this much better than how they did pull the, this off. Mm. Words, 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 words. This show is weird. Wow. I can't believe a show called My Ordinary Life is anything but. Who'd have thunk it? I, I, expect, I expected them to, like, you know, go to the bank and file taxes and do other mundane stuff all day. Ah, uh, God. So, there are several shows that I literally started, uh, I, I've mentioned this before, but there were three shows I remember when I first discovered what online streaming was, and, like, I was watching things, because, like, I was still a young babby child and couldn't pay for things yet. I was watching things for free on Crunchyroll, on my first cell phone, watching things in the middle of the night. I remember watching three shows on Crunchyroll, on my phone in the middle of the night. It was Gozik. It was uh, Working, a.k.a. Uh, Wagnaria. Wagnaria, thank you. I was trying to think of the other title of it. And it was... Sanban, the... one, 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 sanban, yep, one, that's one. the one. You know the one. Okay. <laughs> so I've seen three of those. Looking back into those three shows, one of them um, never got a dub because of lots of weird reasons. But looking back on that show, I thought it was kind of funny, but it doesn't hold up as much as I did. Gozik was also a show that got picked up in the Kadokawa deal alongside Joe. That got a dub. I think it's a pretty decent show, but I don't remember liking it as much as I did. Joe, My Ordinary Life, still holds up to this day. So many years later, I still think about scenes from this show in the top of my head. I would post the scene of the kids freaking out about their test being over anytime I finished finals. Like, I would just post that clip on Facebook and just be like, Hey, finals are done, guys! And everyone's like, I'm dreaming! I must be dreaming! And it's like, I can still vividly, <laughs> I vividly remember... How characters sounded in Japanese years later. This was going to be a big task to kind of differentiate what I associate with Nichijou in Japanese to in English. And that was going to be a hard task. In general, no matter who they got or what they did. And honestly, I'm damn impressed that they did what they did. The English cast is also really interesting. I want to give 
I want to give praise to Jade and her assistant directors because there's a pretty interesting cast of characters. I believe Jade is one of the uh, directors who regularly does uh, auditions for things still at Funimation. And given this one was a home video project, you actually could have the time to do auditions and stuff. And, like, they might have been working on this for, like, several months without being able to talk about it. But... You've got a pretty interesting cast. Not the, Some of these are actors you don't get to hear do too much or have it shown up a lot. And some are regular veterans and some are really doing interesting, unique things. And I'm pretty sure everybody in Funimation was in the booth to be an extra at some point. Just because there's a lot of fucking characters in this goddamn show. But you have a pretty unique cast of characters. The core cast is really interesting. The main characters, though, they are perfect. I feel... The core humor is represented in very interesting ways. The delivery of these actors is phenomenal, hilarious, genuinely cracked me up, and some of their delivery has stuck out for me, maybe even more so than the Japanese. And the script... I, I could spend a lot of time praising Mr. Howard Wang. Instead, I would like to... I would like to talk about... Just simply explain my favorite scene that was changed in English that made me realize this dub is a masterpiece and Howard Wang did the impossible and made it possible. I'm a cat! Check me out! Oh no. Hakase, your cat look is perfect. That's possum. So amusing. I'm really felining it. You're kidding me? You're kidding me, and I'm for real. I couldn't even get all of them, and I was just like, okay, fucking. That was a very, almost a no-win situation in the translation, because the original it Japanese. It was all nya! It was, it was all back, nya! It was nya versus, mo, it was moe versus meow, just back and forth. Moe, meow. Moe. And they yeah. made it even better. It's so much funnier. That, and that is the adaptive version that we are looking for. So, yeah, if your adaptive writers out there are looking for how to make the translation, go with horrible dad puns. Do it. Do it now. Oh, that's the way to win to the heart. Now, just, just give the terrible puns. It's so good. It's so good, Howard. <laughs> you did so fucking good. You did it, man. Jade, as alongside uh, Felicia, Tia, and Morgan, and Howard, fucking dream team. You made, you made this. You, I'm so happy. I'm done. <laughs> Thank you, Andrew. Uh, how do I put this? Nichijou is the best comedy dub I've ever heard. Wow. wow! No, uh, this, is, this is this 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 I I realize that I have probably heard this for less than six months. It shot right up to number one. I love this dub so much. Wow. Now it 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 helps as I'll talk about later. Um, uh, the 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 Nichi Joe's style of humor, for that matter, the style of humor that you find in most of the works by the original manga author is very much my style. Um. But even on top of that, this is a really well done show. I found this endlessly watchable. Uh, if you if you had like a little machine that would just take all the little bits of Niji Joe and just sort of play them in random order, I could probably watch that all day and never get tired of it. Um, as we've as we mentioned, I think the writing on this is 
absolutely fantastic. It is. It take it takes a show that I think very much falls into that category that we were we were joking about earlier with your your Tatami Galaxies and your uh, Sayonara Zetsubo Sensei, where it feels so in intensely entrenched in the Japanese language that making a a dub would not make sense. Like, how would you even approach that? And not only manages to do it, but make it good, and in some places may even make it better. Uh, that's 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 hard. That's impressive. Uh, I think the direction on this is fantastic. I think everyone is perfectly cast. I think everyone plays their characters super well. Uh, yeah, I don't really know how to sing this this dub's praises enough. Like, I am, I am, I'm so happy this exists. The only the only thing that makes me happier is that the slipcase for the Blu-ray is in fact uh, uh, Hakasan and Nino sitting in a recording booth, which I find very funny. Hakase <laughs> and Nano. Yeah, that's what I meant to say. Thank you. Her name is now Nino. Nino. No, it's not. Don't you dare bring that <laughs> name into this household. Nino Tucker? No! Stop! <laughs> Stop that! I, I don't even... like where Quintuplet Season 2 is going. Oh, God. <laughs> see? 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 Okay, you were thinking Quintuplets. I, th I, was, I thought you were going to think about the guy from Akka. Fuck! Too many... Oh God! Too many, too many no! In the anime scene. Why? Why has my brain been corrupted with that hussy? <laughs> <laughs> no, that Nino bad. That Nino who want to fuck Fugajo bad. She drugged people. Nino who wants to jackhammer into Jean good. I have a picture of Nino from Quintuplets because everybody else wanted everybody but her. And I'm like, you know what? I'll show her some love. So now she's on my wall somewhere. The only thing that she deserves is to go to jail. The quintessential Quintuplets, everybody. In case. Yeah, well, okay, one of but, the great okay. things about doing this podcast is, is okay, out of context but... references to shows that I've never seen before. Okay, but imagine... Okay, because you weren't on that episode, but... But for Amon and Andrew were, guys, imagine her like Nina Tucker to a dog and then fucking, uh, what does nuts that Josh plays goes up to her. It's like, what's your name? Get out! Oh, God. <laughs> Nino Tucker. It's just Nino from... I can easily... Damn, that... Megan, I... now somebody is going to draw that and it's, it's, it's you have nobody to play with yourself. Bring it back Dude, to Dude, I want show. it. I want it. Somebody draw me that. Get your, one dollar show. get your $1 I, I... commission of somebody doing that. Oh, fuck that noise. I'm going to get, like, a full $60 commission of that monstrosity. Uh, I can easily and see. The and the scientist can be uh, can be uh, the little sister with the alpha alpha hair. I'm going to be honest. In any other Dub Talk episode, this would be, like, off topic. For Nietzsche Joe, this just feels right. There is no topic. Although, to bring it back to this, I, I can easily see Hakase being the kind of individual who would put Nano and Sakamoto together, Kamara. No, she wouldn't! No, she wouldn't! You take that back! The she most would think she... it's fu the no, most. No, she would, she would only do that in the sense that she would accidentally spill glue on both of them and they get stuck together. That's what I was that thinking! That is true! <laughs> I, I, it, I, I know this show makes a argument that mad scientists are all terrible, but they're usually funny terrible, not horrible. This like show has terrible. two awful mad scientists. Two, I exactly. tell you. Exactly. Only one of them would hurt a child. One of them shaves his hair. No, that's not the one I was thinking of. I wasn't sure what you're thinking of. 
We should talk. Like, I think I think we can all agree that they're both awful. Yes. Yes. But I, I love everybody in the show, even the ones that are terrible. Cookies. Speaking of terrible characters, who else was in this cast? <laughs> who else? Oh, was? well, 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 well. We're we're there. So as I mentioned earlier, there's about ten million characters in Ichijo. Most of them are minor characters who appear maybe once or twice, and we're not going to cover all of them. I don't think I want to listen to myself talk that much. Uh, but we are going to start off with a couple of minor characters who uh, either have some plot relevance, or I like them and I get to and I run this show, so I get to say who lives and who dies. He's the one driving. The, he's the one driving the Chapari bus tonight, ladies and gentlemen. <laughs> Andrew is still tied to the back of it for his crimes. I, I deserve it. Are these are, the, are there specific crimes or just non-specified Andrew crimes? Anyways, it was for non non-disclosed Andrew crimes that I deserved. I'm sure. Uh, so, for our selection of minor characters, we have uh, Yoshino Naganohara. Uh, she is the older sister of Mio, who we're going to talk about much later. Uh, she's a she's a kendo player and just an astonishing troll of unfathomable magnitudes. Just, whoo! I hope you like pranks if you're related to her, and if you don't, sorry. Sucks to be you. Uh, we also have another sister. We have uh, Mihoshi Tachibana, who is the younger sister of Misada, who we'll also talk about later. Uh, she uh, also enjoys uh, getting into trouble and pointing out when her sister is being ridiculous because her sister is not nearly as good at hiding things as she thinks she is. And lastly, uh, we have Karasu. Uh, Karasu is a crow that happens upon the uh, Shinomone laboratory one day and steals Sakamoto's scarf, uh, so now he can talk for a little bit. And mostly he makes Sakamoto's life difficult and then flies off with the scarf. I forgot. Uh, did did uh -huh. he steal the scarf or did Hakase just decide one no, day? Hakase to... just rip, no, Hakase just rips it off Sakamoto. Okay, yes, yeah, that's, that's what right. I thought. He just, he, she just took it from him and it's like, I want to hear this crow talk. Indeed. What was that about Hakase uh, not being that bad? Oh, Hakase <laughs> is that bad, but she's fucking adorable and I love her. Okay, look, Hakase wouldn't, like, okay... Hakase would make the Nina Tucker chimera because of an accident, not on purpose. Yeah, she, she's not a, she's not malicious. She's just eight. Like, I'm pretty sure that Hakase's parents were, like, died in some tragic accident. I could see it. Or maybe yep. that she caused. Oh. Oh, this man. That, dark. That, that did go dark. <laughs> So the whole, oh, her whole no. persona oh, no. is. Are, whole persona are we writing the grim dark? Are we writing the grim dark cartoon interpretation? With what she did, just trying to cope with what she did with cutesy smiles and robot girls. Is this the, the Monster Masume episode all over again? Yes. Yes. There's a good there's a good chance like she made Nano as like a counterpart to someone who actually did live. Like she did the Chobits thing where she like is coping with that by making a oh robot God. counterpart. Is, is this like the Ed, Ed and Eddie? They're all in limbo theory or the ashes in a coma theory? <laughs> yeah. All right, all right, all right. That's enough bleak theorizing for one episode. Come on. I haven't even read off who's playing these characters yet. Okay. <laughs> Uh, Yoshino is played by Maxi Whitehead. Uh, Mihoshi is played by Emily Nees, and Karuso is played by Sunny Strait. Uh, Megan, would you like to start us off again? Uh, yeah, because this is gonna be a pretty easy section. Uh, Karuso, I thought was just really cute and really charming. Um, I didn't know that was Sunny Strait. Um, let's be real. 
Uh, I thought it was really, really cute. I just really felt bad for Sakamoto. And my favorite thing was how much of a dapper gentleman the he, uh, Sunny plays him as. Oh, uh, I, I drank some wine with that crow. It's it's like, it's great because my my understanding is these. I think the stereotype in Japan is crows aren't very bright. I think, or they tend to show up in anime when like dumb people are doing dumb things or something like that. Crows remember uh, crows visit pretty... their parents. They're better than most people. That's I just true. I just imagine the crow like sits down with a fine chardonnay and treats you to a nice big screen seat. Okay, look, the crow gets a nice Chardonnay and takes you out to see Cats 2019. Oh, boy. Um, uh, uh, It was really weird hearing uh, Maxie Whitehead be the older sister in this. Mm -hmm. Because I'm usually associating Maxie Whitehead with being, like, the kind of the younger character or the little boy. Mm -hmm. So hearing her be the older sister character and sound more mature and more altogether. And she is also a giant fucking troll. (laughs) <laughs> and as fun as she is bouncing off of her own sister Miho, she's really funny bouncing off of Emily Neves' character, uh, uh, Mihoshi, who's just like, stupid, stupid prodigy. And I love the scene where she tries to hit her in the head from behind. <laughs> and she misses and takes out her teacher. Like, teacher! <laughs> teacher! Uh, I actually didn't know that was Emily Neves as uh, Mihoshi, and I thought that was really weird because Emily Neves is also a voice that I associate with, like, older, sultrier characters. Uh, so, listen, I know know Emily's work more from writing. Mm -hmm. Fair enough. Uh, like, the last show I watched with Emily Neves as the lead is Kakuryo, and even then she sounded older than this. Okay, yeah, that's fair. Oh, I forgot, I did forget that she was in that one. I mean, how? I mean, to be fair, when you're when you get to look at Hot Ogre Chris Wake Up for twenty four episodes, you kind of forget other things. Humana, 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 humana. It's all ogre now. Um. <laughs> Thank you, Megan. I got God gave me two hands: one hand for the master and one hand for Betty Maru. Oh God! I just realized the ogre character I'm hot for in Slime Time is named Benny Maru, and the guy I'm hot for in Fire Force is named Benny Maru. I have two hands for Benny Maruing. Megan, it's all ogre now. It's all ogre now, and it feels so good. Through the fire in the through the fire in my swamp. Give me the microphone, please. Go ahead. I don't want to take your thunder. I really don't want to take your thunder away, Megan, but I feel like... No, just, just, if I don't, just take it. Just if take I do- it. If I don't... Then <laughs> Pull the trigger, Piglet! Well, uh, this character is... Which ones? Yes, Sunny Strait is endlessly charming. And uh, it's kind of going back to what Amon said about how the, the comedy in this is uh, kind of weird and that only some people are going to get it. I don't quite know, like, what what the, the significance of having the crow with, like... He, he doesn't have, like, a face. It's just, like... A beak and a scarf, and I feel like that's a comedy bit that I don't quite get. Like maybe it was just easier to draw that way. But yes, I, I, it is. Look, look, a lot of a lot, a lot of the thing, a lot of the things in this show look like that because they're easier to draw. 
good a good point good point it just I, I was trying to read deeper meaning into it especially with Sonny's uh voice acting in it I didn't quite get what that was <laughs> or like why did he show up why was he in the second half why did he get a scarf what does any of this mean I think at some because... point you were just like having like a conniption or something I kind of you're right. It was I, I tried to find the deeper meaning in things, and this like this whole show. I, I did try, I did like a long tangent in my writing about like what what does this mean? Because it's a, it's based on a four coma manga that you know is is like set up set up joke overreaction, and that's the joke all episodes. But then it's like well no like this show is about people coping with stress of reality because every one of the characters has anxiety that they're trying to deal with the staff the students the birds everyone does so what does this have to what what does the the crow have to do with any of it and then i stopped and unthought for a little bit and i'm like i'm thinking about this way too hard and then things got better you should uh uh, uh no i don't mean to rain on your parade but i feel i should point out uh, nichijou is not a four coma it's not it is a it is no it is a it is a regular manga oh I'm I'm sorry I I misread the description. I of it. I I look I understand why because I mean, like Azumanga is a four coma and this very much feels like Azumanga's weird deranged spiritual descendant. Uh, but no, Nichijo is a is a it has multiple panels on a page. Oh, five even sometimes. I'm Holy sorry. shit. That that does. I know. It, it feels like it's not even just the Azumanga, uh, Azumanga influence. It's just the the style of how the jokes are set up feels very much like it was transplanted from a four coma. Mm. No, I I, I understand. That that's a very understandable mistake. Like, uh, I'm doing like I'm doing this so some asshole in the comments won't rag you for it. That's all. Oh. Well, they're free to do so anyways. I'm sure I'll get. You may continue Try. to Ray Noah's ass. No, please don't do that. Now you've, I you've need just that. made it. You've made it weird. I was trying to be nice, and you've made it weird. I need that ass, please. No one, no wonder, no wonder you're tied to the back of the jeep. It's kind of <laughs> comfy back it's here. A bus. It's a bus. Short. It's a bus shaped. It's a bus shaped like a jaguar. Or a serval. Komodo friends is fun. So on the on the topic of the character, um, like I said, Sony Strait, perfectly charming. Um, really, it's always fun when he tries different kinds of voices. Um, God, long live him. Uh, Maxi Whitehead, uh, I agree with Megan that it's, uh, it's a bit interesting to hear her as an older sister character, and, and not really trying to put on the affectation of a young boy or a young girl for once. Like, she sounds like she's putting on her more mature voice, which is refreshing to hear. You know, she's not doing the, uh, Cosma from, uh, yeah, King Cosma from Summer Wars or, uh, what, what's his name from Bacchano? Cheslaw, Cheslaw, thank you. I'm I'm not European, but uh, for for what she did, it was fun, and I felt like it was the is the right kind of voice for what the character was. The character is endlessly troll heavy without being uh, uh, hateable. Like you don't you don't hate Yoshino. I mean, maybe you do, but you, most people I don't think hate her. They're just amused by her antics. They're amused by I'm going to come after you with uh, what, what's she wearing? Like a kendo mask on. And then she yeah. takes that off, and there's another ha mask on. There there's a, a wrestling mask on, that's what it was. And it's like, I'm amused by this. I don't know why, but I'm amused by this. Um, I, and there, it doesn't feel like there's malice. It just feels like her nature is just to be this weirdo dick. That's true. That feels like she, almost like she's going through a phase of the, I, I've, suddenly, I've suddenly learned what uh, trolling people is like. And I, I'm enjoying it quite a bit. 
I'm enjoying my trollish awakening, as it were. Oh god, that's dangerous. Uh, and it's also interesting that, uh, Megan, you said that you, you know Emily for more of her sultrier voices, like from Kakagurui, because uh, I thought... Kakarillo! That too. I think of her more uh, for her comedic uh, voices, like in uh, Umaro-chan, where I uh, know her from more. And that's uh, a little closer to what she's doing here. Uh, it's kind of the, like the younger, uh, cutesier voice. Uh, but but like you said, with kind of a sense of, I'm so done with this shit voice in her. Which I enjoyed quite a bit. Um, don't really have much more to say on it, except that for, for the few bits that she's in, uh, she really did sell it. There, there's archetypes in little sister characters that you get in anime a lot of times. Um, it's like the um, like the little sister from uh, Tanaka-kun uh, is always listless uh, kind of shows. And I feel like uh, Emily translated that pretty good to English here. Alrighty. So. Sunny has a car suit. It's just a very sweet, dapper crow. He, I, like, he's just so nice and formal and well-behaved and i feel like he has an entire life story i feel like he could write a 500 page novel and it would become a bestseller he's just that charismatic and charming and you I know what the name of that you know what the name of that that bestseller would be called what would it be called no clue nietzsche crow mm, fuck that's good no, now I'm going to simultaneously boo and also hand you an award that says best pun on it. I hope you're proud of yourself. I'm, I'm fully expecting you just kick me off of the bus with a little bit of rope. I probably no, no, just, just, no, just, just booing. It's booing okay. and like the trapdoor from the Fey Kingdom. Just <laughs> as you're like, as you're given the award, the trapdoor opens and you fall to fall to your demise. I love the the visualization of the Fey Kingdom. Just the this. What goes through your head when you're falling asleep in class? It's beautiful. Oh, good lord. Anyway, Sunny's very dapper. Great. Uh, Emily as Mihoshi is... She is delightfully cute, but she is also very much kind of like a little bit... She is very determined and hardworking, but she's also kind of like very frustrated with uh, Yoshino, who is just a natural prodigy who doesn't really try, and she's just kind of like, ah, oh, you're such a spoiled little prodigy Ugh, i can't stand you but also like you see her acting more mature when misato start getting very blushy and obvious about sasahara and it's just like oh yeah you, you are easy to read like a book and it's just like she's just got that level like she sounds cute but she's got that level of like snark and like sass to her that just makes her very charmy and snarky and it's like oh you're great and speaking of snark, oh my god. I think Maxi, I think due to her schedule for whatever reason, she might just not, she doesn't regularly show up in the simuldubbing era scene anymore. So it was just really nice to get her to show up again for a home video dub. And also as a character you don't typically associate with Maxi. It's just, she's just an older college girl who's just kind of a charming troll. And she's great. Yoshino is just, a delightful dick and <laughs> can we talk about the fact that Mio was born and she just had a fuck she had the wrestler mask on that was a thing that happened imagine being brought into a, the world and you were just surrounded by a luchador mask that would scar you for life maybe that, that's, uh, I wore that when all three of my kids were born 
That, that says that says more about them than it does you. That's a lie. Jenny wouldn't allow that shit. That's true. That's true. She'd Jenny would me. make you wear a paper bag. <laughs> Drugged first. up, she would punch me in the dick if I tried to do that. That sounds about right. She, she with my you with my last conscious muscle movement, I curse you in the dick for doing this. You'll fall. You'll fall to your demise and just curse Walt Disney, and that'll be it. Oh, uh, absolutely. We'll, where the fuck was I going with this? Oh, Maxie's great. Uh, Maxie's Yoshi awesome. knows. Yoshi. <laughs> Are you okay? <laughs> Are you Get okay, Alvon? Come on, we can. Get a little lost there, Andrew. I got a little lost there. Wait, 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 wait. Hang on. There's something I wanted. To, uh, I there was another part of this I wrote. Uh, the moment I realized I loved Yoshino and I loved Maxie as well as Howard's script, uh, is that basically Yoshino is first introduced. Because she is chasing Mio down with a bear mask. She's she's wearing a, just a freaky cartoon bear mask and fucking runs towards her scarily. And she and after she is revealing her identity, she says to Mio, Sometimes I can be a bear, but sometimes I can be hard to bear. And in that moment, I was in love. This woman is perfect. I would want to... She is... She is perfect. <laughs> she is perfect. She won my heart. I'm uh, not gonna lie. I thought you just said I wanted to jizz. No, no, dirty, no, Megan. no, no. I wasn't even saying dirty. I was just like, she is pure perfection and I love her so. Okay. Oh, okay. I'm on. <laughs> All right. <laughs> to follow that one up. Um, I'm sorry. I I'm really sorry. I'm. It's no. You're fine. <laughs> you're fine. I think like, I, I I think I'm being affected from last night. No, that's perfectly all right. Don't worry about it. Oh, wait, we can just cut and that we're, part we're, out of the final worse, audio. Yes, it's fine. Worst comes Don't to worst in out. magic of editing. Don't cut it out. Oh no, I know. Who's that? Anyways. This? Anywho, uh, where was I? Maxie's really funny. Uh, Yoshino. I do not find Yoshino as uh, endlessly charming as Andrew does, although that might be because I have a sister who I want to punt into the sun often. So, uh, same. She is very, she is very funny though, because I don't have to deal with her bullshit. I can just watch Miho suffer in my place. <laughs> Aww. Uh, but Maxie, Maxie's, Maxie's just a delight. She is. She plays the character really well of just being just the correct level of kind of sprightly, and you can tell she knows what she's doing is bad, but that's not gonna stop her. She's she's gonna be she's gonna be obnoxious about it, and she's gonna enjoy every minute of it, especially when she steals your cake. Ah, uh, yeah. Okay, you know what? Uh, that that is the one flaw: stealing your cake when you called it is a dick move. And the strawberry. That's just the that's just the icing on the cake. <sighs> These jokes are unbearable. God damn right. They may be unbearable, uh, but I do think they're a bit polarizing. <laughs> and the Duracell bunny just goes across the screen, <laughs> beating thump, its little thump, drum. Thump, thump, thump. Keeps going and going and going. Um, uh, I also I also thought Emily was very entertaining. Uh, she play she um, she plays well off of Masato's actor. Uh, I like her her sort of rage at having to be compared to her sister all the time, and also just the way she kind of gets over the fact that. Um, you know, she is, uh, Misato is not as, she's not quite as good at hiding things as she thinks she is. 
Um, and Karasu, uh, who is here because I find him hysterical. Uh, <laughs> Sunny's, I just find Sunny delightful. I love this weird, I love this weird fancy little crow. I love the fact that uh, he is a he's a he's a Kenichi Awari designed crow, which means he's just a triangle with some more triangles on the other <laughs> side. It's effective. It's like I don't I don't want to draw a, a, a realistic bird would look weird here. How can I simplify a bird? Beak, feathers. Great. There we go. It's a bird. <laughs> he's I'm just a cone. Some legs, voila. It's basically. I'm sure, the, I'm sure the editor took a look at that and said. Aw, that's so sad. He can't draw a bird. Oh, but I'm too polite to tell him. <laughs> Let's just keep it in. Send it to print. Ken, Ken, Kenichi Iwari's entire career has just been an editor feeling sorry for him. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, it's Kiyoni, working. It's working so far. Kiyoni felt sorry for him. <laughs> his new series, his editor still felt sorry for him. <laughs> Question, because I don't yeah. read City. Is City like a sequel to Nichijo, or is it just like a different thing? Yeah. I, it's 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 the same kind of humor, but as far as I can tell, it is not. It's not supposed to be a sequel or anything. It's just it, it is. Do you like the Do you like these antics? Well, now they're about kind of like early twenties post grad people. It it, it is to Nichijou no, no. what Yotsuba was to Azumanga Daio. Uh, yeah, very. In that in that's like it's it's the it's the same it's the same style and humor, but I don't think it's supposed to be like a continuation or anything. Oh, okay. Yeah, and I, I just, I find Sonny just very delightful because he's just, he's so polite and genteel. Um, and all the while, Sakamoto is just fuming internally the entire time <laughs> because they're all treating him horribly and they either don't realize it or don't care. It's, it's the natural evolution of how a cat wants to be seen by the owner versus how they are. More or less. Dignity? What dignity? There's no dignity here. You're fluffy. I've got to pet you, fucker. Exactly. Um, they're delightful. Um, but now let's let's continue on to more prominent characters who maybe show up more for more than one segment. Uh, here's a bunch of students because this is a lot of this school is set in high school, so there's lots of students there, and we're going to talk about some of them. Isn't that grand? Yes. Uh, first up, we have uh, Kojiro Sasahara. He's rich, he's fancy pants, he has a butler, he rides a goat to school. He's the greatest of all time. Damn right. And occasionally he gets shot in the face with a bazooka fired by Misato Tachibana, a uh, hair trigger girl who clearly wants to take things seriously and has no time for Sasahara's antics and also has a very obvious crush on Sasahara that she clearly thinks she is hiding well, but she is not. Wait, that she has a crush on him? She has a crush on him? That girl wants to ride his goat, if you know what I mean. <laughs> I'm gonna go jump and off this bus now. Noah, there is now like a sniper crosshair that is just directly on your head, ready by a girl who is just blushing her head off right now. And it's like a fifty it's a fifty cal. It's gonna do some damage. Pull the trigger! Come on, dude, I swear, I, I double dare you. I double dare you, dude. Oh. Take me out. Oh, oh bother, Piglet, I've become a zombie. You need to pull the trigger. She she just she just says she just says into a radio, Baka. Wasted. Also, I'm sorry for my shitty Jim Cummings impression. I am so upset right now. <laughs> Winnie the Pooh was like the first thing I ever loved. How could you do this to me? <laughs> Come on, have you never seen that image? Have you never seen the the grim dark comic of like 
Um, <laughs> the Winnie the Pooh zombie him, apocalypse? But, but, no, because I know it'll upset me too much. <laughs> leave him on alone. The darkest thing Amon should be watching when it comes to Winnie the Pooh is the Russian cartoon where he has a gun. That's as far as it goes. What? I'll, I'll happily watch the... Oh, oh, do you not know about the oh. Soviet Winnie the Pooh? What? Oh. Do you not know? Oh, what the Winnie the oh, Pooh was a communist. To... Yeah, we will show we're you gonna, that later. We're going to... We're gonna have a conversation when we're done recording this. <laughs> oh, I this can't wait. This episode is now banned in China. Fo <laughs> Fully well, for, in, fair, in fairness, it's not like China where we're big fans of the Soviet Union in the first place. <laughs> no, but Amon, I just want you to know that that comic ends with Piglet looking down the barrel of like a two of a two barrel shotgun as Boo goes pull the trigger. Piglet Back again, Back again. <laughs> oh, that's horrifying. But it's it's accurate. <laughs> That's usually whenever I do something stupid, that's what I say to me. Uh, <laughs> speaking of stupid, who else are side, we talking side, about? Side, sidebar to get back on track. Uh, I've, I've been I've been pulling some of my information from the Nichijou fan wiki, which is great. It's really uh, updated, too. Nichijou.fandom.com. This is one of the best of these, like, fandom wikis that I've ever seen. It is excellent. Kudos to the editors. Uh, and I will note that if you go to uh, Masato's page, they have a list of all the weapons she pulls out during the show, which I get the fuck funny. out! Are you serious? <laughs> she 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 uses among other things a revolver. Oh a my Gatling god! I need cannon, to look this up. A P90 uh, automated weapon of some sort, a bazooka, <laughs> a three x three rocket launcher, a grenade, yes. a cannon, and a little green mini tank. Oh my god, this wiki is the best. <laughs> this wiki is very- look, look, I already knew this wiki was going to be thorough when I went to the soundtrack page, and they have listings for every single CD associated with this entire series. Uh, these people are dedicated, I appreciate that. Her character- her character popularized another slang, Gundere. Taking the <laughs> Sudere personality associated with guns. How did I know you were going to like that factoid? Oh, How did I know? Oh god, this wiki's be okay. I'm gonna, I'm just gonna dig through this wiki when we're not covering this. Okay, when I'm not All talking. Right. More characters. Uh, we have uh, Haruna Akana, who's a very nice lady with a big bow on her head, <laughs> and she's very sweet. And uh, she sometimes just tries to get nice things done, especially when it turns out that our uh, our next character. Uh, Tsuyoshi uh, Nanajo has gotten into trouble because for some reason bad luck just follows this poor mohawked man everywhere. Please, oh poor Tsuyoshi, Tsuyoshi is suffering. He just, he just, just the worst luck for no reason. He doesn't do anything to deserve it. It just happens constantly. He, he, did, something, he did something in another life. Like, like who's a a mohawked individual who did something wrong in a previous life? No, no he wasn't cursed. His whole family was cursed, like it was holes. <laughs> They did not carry- they didn't carry Eartha Kid over the mountain. <laughs> Madame Zeroni curses you with Mohawk for all- forever and all eternity. Just- so you could've just carried Eartha over the mountain and this would've been fine! Oh my god, all the references we could make now to Shia LaBeouf because you made that one reference. Let's keep. Let's minimize the Shia LaBeouf talk. There's running, that running the through body. the halls. Shia LaBeouf. Tsuyoshi. Tsuyoshi Nakajo. Doesn't quite Anywho. fit the meter. <laughs> I love playing, you so much. Pl playing, playing Sasahara is Seth McGill. Playing Tachibana is uh, Madeline Morris. Playing Akana is Kristen McGuire, and playing uh, Nak uh, Nakajo. Is Kyle Ignacy. <laughs> Megan, <laughs> if you would. Okay, so I'm gonna start with uh, 
I would like to start out with Madeline Moore, uh, not Madeline, uh, Kristen McGuire's Harna. She's adorable. Um, I feel really bad because um, she doesn't do that much besides go <gasps> all the time. And I just love her running around um, with fucking the fucking teacher trying to get everybody out of the shitty, the shitty ass. Uh, the whole thing. Yes. The glue traps. The just, just the everybody, everybody who's like accidentally maimed by one teacher's quest to open a little girl up. Um, that's ac that's accurate description. You're not wrong. When you, like, when you put it like that. When you put like that. Ow! 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 Brain! Ow! Aha! I knew that's who that was. Um, we're gonna do Sasahara last. Uh. uh then there's Tsuyoshi's playback. I really like Kyle Ignacy's and most things that he does. Uh, Kyle Ignacy's is like, if not, he's like one of the voice actors that I, I usually like when he shows up and stuff. I usually tend to enjoy him. And he is usually two types of characters, assholes or just the poor schmucks of the world. <laughs> um, I've watched Token Rambu Hanamaru season two. Amon, I think you have too, right? Did you ever get to watch season two of that show? A little bit? Not a lot. Did you, okay, did you ever meet the sword that's the little boy who keeps getting drunk? I don't think so. I would okay. that. <laughs> you should you should get to that episode because that's Kyle Ignacy's character. Uh, and I want to point out that Kyle Ignacy just has like one of my favorite parts of the show, which is uh, where he goes to, I think, I don't know who it is. I think it's Kenny Green. His temple, and he's gonna be like, I don't, I want to be a scientist. I don't believe in the the spiritual, and he starts faking that he's possessed by a devil, <laughs> and just Kyle's goddamn earnest delivery when that guy goes, this train is going crazy. Yeah, I'm a crazy train. Chugga chugga choo choo, <laughs> and he's just like screaming train noises at the top of his lungs. Or when he's telling his dad that he rejects being the Daifuku and he breaks the head off and screams and rips out all of his hair. <laughs> or, um, just Kyle's delivery of the very pathetic to the teacher, um, where she's like, you need to wear a normal hair. And he's like, all the hair on the sides of my head doesn't grow. He's just... <laughs> and just his poor despondence. Um... <laughs> Then there's Madeline Morris, who my mother just describes as that girl has problems. <laughs> yep. Uh, Misato is just... I've, I don't think I've ever seen Madeline play a Sundere this far before, or let alone one so extreme. I'm used to Madeline as, like, uh... Oh my god, what the hell? Chitanda, thank you. Uh, like, Chitanda, your Chitanda is like, this year was the year that Mad explosive Madeline really came on the scene. It's the like year, no, it's the year where Madeline really exploded onto the scene. Ah, uh, she took her Ooh. shots this year. <laughs> where you got her She lifted her herself out of obscurity. She wasn't obscure. She I'm wasn't to going her... to throw away no. her shot. You, there you, you kinda, go. You kind of botched your Hamilton there, friend. Yeah, anyway, but just, I thought she was great in her loudness and her, like, I don't like that asshole! And he so she sounds, like, very convincing as, like, this angry teenage girl. Coming off of Seth McGill's very, like, pompous and snuck-up kind of, like, deadpan as as Sasahara, or 
Though he does have this like really great comedic thing where Miho drops a hundred yen, and he's like, "Do you see this, Miho? The gods have smiled upon me." And I mean, this is coming a long way from a guy who literally played a sadistic quote-unquote fallen angel in Dances with Devils. Oh my god. <laughs> it's yeah! Yeah, bitch! <laughs> yeah! I guess it's, this is I think like one of the first times I've gotten to talk about him since, since fucking that. Really? Uh, Holy shit. I think it's been, like, that long. Um, but no, I really liked everybody here. I thought they all played their parts really well and fit into the ensemble. So, hell yeah. I don't know how I'm going to follow that up. I a little on the spot now, honestly. Um, so, uh, I talked at the beginning about how I, I thought that, although the acting was very good in all of the characters, their vocalizations weren't exactly as diverse as I may have wanted, or uh, just to give it a little extra, extra burst of comedy. And with all four of these characters, uh, there's a real sense that all of them are kind of speaking closer to their normal register, which is fine because a lot of them are, uh, they're kind of portrayed as normal individuals. Like they're, they're not, well, norm, normal is a subjective word in this case, but like um, they're very put upon individuals who don't really, uh, aren't trying to be funny. Like I don't they're think They're the that... average Joes of the world living their lives and are just kind of getting stuck in these weird scenarios. Uh, yeah, and some more than other. Like, uh, let's talk directly about uh, Chris McGuire, who uh, is probably most prominent in the show as yes for the hair ribbon, but also for um, she just wants some flowing noodles. She's never tried them before. It sounds like fun, and she heard oh, they were yeah, going to happen. Scene. And uh, but these chopsticks, they're, they're kind of dirty. They're dirty. The noodles what are what? <laughs> Baseball. <laughs> And you're right, Megan, that um, mo most of her dialogue is, is mostly composed of a lot of open mouth uh, kind of uh, reaction. By the way, I'm pretty convinced that the, the one slinging the noodles down the thing was Aaron Roberts. By the way, it apparently was... her nickname by many people is Echan, because she just kind of said a lot in Japanese. Yeah. So... What Kristen had to work with here was essentially, yeah, it was a lot of, not a whole lot of character motivation outside of blue screen of death. And that that's not easy to do. It's actually, it, I think in some cases, it's a lot harder to do those inaudible sound effects than it is to speak actual dialogue. Like, it's easier to botch that. So Kristen did a really good job on this. Like, don't have any qualms with how she did it because it, it's, it, it perfectly fit the, the blue screen of death that she was going for. Uh, Kyle's, uh, an interesting story about, um, Nakana, Nakana, Nakanojo, Nakanojo, thank you. Um, I had made no predictions for this cast list, obviously, because none of us thought that this dub was ever coming out. However, in the back of my mind, for years in seeing the show, I was convinced that if they were to ever do a dub for the show, that this character would be voiced by Greg Ayers. Because he just kind of looks, oh, yeah. and in Japanese, sounds like a Greg Garris kind of character. Just what came to mind here. Um, so when he was not cast as this, I was totally fine with that. But I'm like, okay, I have an expectation now about what I have in my head, a sound that I think that this character should sound like. And Kyle's portrayal of it is not as nerdy as uh, I had in my head, but it was just as put upon. Uh, it was absolutely the kind of... He's a good boy. He, like, he has done absolutely nothing wrong except for refusing to pay that one girl and that one 
um, psychic and trying to get out of paying her. But other than that, you know, he's just a, nor a normal person. And Kyle's portrayal of that in the vocal range is, uh, is good because we're not supposed to dislike him. We're supposed to feel for his pain. So good job on Kyle for doing that. Who I don't feel so bad for is Madeline because she, er, I'm sorry, for Misato, because she absolutely deserves what she gets. Just be true to yourself, girl. Like, we need to make an AMV of this girl set to, I won't say I'm in love from Hercules. Just all the, all the scenes of her in it with the characters being the muses in the background. Just admit you're in love. I don't care if it's cliche. I don't care if... So would would, Faye, would her two friends be the ones singing the background vocals, Faye and Waboshi? They, they, well, yes. Well, we would just get all the characters in there, but mo for the most part, yes, it would be those two. Um, but what, um, and yeah, we're talking about what Madeline, I know her most from, is uh, more of her comedic roles that she had this year, like, especially as a Hibiki in How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift. And this was a bit of a contrast to that, because, like you said, I've never quite heard her as a tsundere before. I, I, she did a good job, though. It was it was fun to listen to. And for the archetype of the Cinderella that we have in Japanese, you know, there's been lots of English attempts to try to localize that, to try to get a, a Cinderella archetype in English. Sometimes it comes off as uh, more bitchy than I think uh, they really wanted. Sometimes it comes off as really childish. This one kind of hits it right in the middle there. It's like a, a, She's like a very normal-sounding girl who's just got a crush that she just cannot let go of. And I do, I do, to quote Spike, love a woman who can kick my ass. So she's got, she definitely got some go points with me. She's got Bring, an entire arsenal for a small military and the kitchen sink too. I'm, there's a good chance that she, like, she was just an aborted Madoka Magica character who got what dropped off into our. Fuck? <laughs> yeah, she's got, you know, her her superpower was uh, explosives, which uh, which brings us to Sex Mc, Seth McGill, who is not as posh and British as I thought he was going to be in English uh, with the archetype of like you know I've got the stuffed shirt and the glasses and I'm eating wine and fine dinner with a tray attached to me and I've got a butler who is dressing me up after I've been exploded away but again because they're going for a more normal sounding voice and a more likable kind of voice Seth's portrayal of it is pretty darn good so for, yeah to wrap this all up for all four of the characters a uh, lot to talk about all these and for the small bits that they have, because they're all kind of confined to one repeated joke over and over again. Pretty uh, pretty much what we expected from this. Alrighty. <laughs> God. There's a lot to dive into the show of Nichijou. There's a lot of fucking characters. Holy shit. Um, so I'll start with uh, Anaka. Uh, Kristen is fucking cute. She's super cute as Anaka. And she looks like a little bunny girl, and it's super cute. It's like, look, bunny ears! It's like, ah, damn it, you're cute. But then she's also getting more and more fed up with, like, the bullshit thrown her way, like, the noodle shaft. And let's also talk about the car the, sh the rigged carnival game that she's trying to do. Oh, yeah! <laughs> she, went, like, she went full despicable me on that eggplant. She, she shoots it in the middle. It splits apart. She's freaking out. The guy looks at her, deadpan. As it's revealed that they're nailed into it, he rips off half of the <laughs> eggplant, hands it to her, sits back down, and says, Never come back here again. Like, what the <laughs> fuck, dude? You know, this gun's Dick. still loaded. 
look, he's trying to run a legitimate scam here. He can't have people pointing out that it's rigged. And just also her and, uh, what's his name? Uh, Takasaki. Her and Mr. Takasaki just literally freaking out and losing their shit to each other is really funny as they're just screaming in pure panic for two very different reasons, and it's great. Kristen's adorable, and she's great. Kyle Ignacy as Nakanojo. Oh my god, he is a good boy who's doing his best, and he just sounds really pained, and su he is suffering so much. Like, the only time I don't feel bad for him when he is being, like... The only time I don't feel sorry for him is when he is going out of his way to be that one obnoxious atheist you know. You know, that guy. That one guy you know. You either you either know him, knew somebody who used to be like that, or maybe you are that person. In which case, good luck destroying a temple and pretending to be possessed and chugga 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 chugging your way out of that shit. <laughs> okay, that part was really funny though. It really is. It's really good. It's so fucking. It, it the entire thing was derailed so hard, and it's great. <laughs> And he's doing his best. And he almost got a—he almost got a girlfriend. Too bad he was bald because everybody's trying to fuck with his head. Also, another thing I did not know until I looked at this very detailed wiki. In the second OP, there's a shot of Nakanojo where he's bald because he lost his hair at some point. I never Aww. noticed that. That's a really baby. that's a really good detail. This wiki is amazing. Like, this is better than some of the shonen wikis I've been on. This is really detailed. Fucking kudos. Uh, where was I going with this? Madeline Morris is the explosive, uh, Gundere, and I love her, and she's adorable, and I would protect her fucking adorable blushy smile, and I would, I would totally take a bullet for her. I'd take the entire magazine for her. She's adorable. I love her. God, she needs to be more honest to herself, but also, you're in love with, like, dorky goat man who Seth McGill Seth fucking McGill is hamming it up to the nth degree and it's just like he's just got that very posh <laughs> give my compliments to the chef tell him it was to die for it's like oh my god but they like Seth and Sasahara Sasahara would be the guy he would basically be like, what is instant coffee? Oh, God, you're you're right. He would be that guy. But, yes, Seth is great. And Madeline Morris, like, there's not much to say because it is one joke. But Madeline is so perfect as the adorable, explosive, gundary girl. And I love her. And really, genuinely, like, this year has put Madeline Morris on my radar hard. And she's great. All I'm going to say is this before I, I move on. I need to inform Asato... She is, in fact, not the canon girl who ends up with Sasahara. Neither is it Mio. It's Anaka. For a very particular fun fact I will give to you. That fun fact is the Japanese voice actors for uh, Sasahara and Anaka met working on Nichijo. And I believe it was last year, got engaged... Wow. So, yeah, that's a fun fact. The, the I believe the author of Nichijou even wrote a congratulatory sketch for them of the two characters in Nichijou. It's because canon. they met 
because they met on Nichijo. So yes, the true candid girl pairing is uh, Anaka and Sasahara. Uh, sorry, girls. Anyways, you, look. You, ju you just know that Tachibana has a cannon somewhere hidden. Look, I would say it's canon, but Misato has every canon in the show. I'm on. The floor is yours. Thank you. Uh, Seth McGill is hilarious. Sasahara is way too much all the time, and Seth is clearly just having a ball playing that. He's he is absolutely delightful. Uh, Madeline is great. She is so mad. <laughs> so very infuriated by this stupid, handsome, aristocratic fancy boy. Uh, and his, his unwillingness to, to take any of this as seriously as she would appreciate it. Um, I, I, she, I find her very entertaining. She's excellent here. Um, Kristen, uh, as we mentioned, uh, Anaka doesn't have quite as much to do, but Kristen is very good at nailing her just sort of innate, like, <laughs> worried, just worried adorableness. Just like, no, something bad is happening. I have to do something. Teacher, teacher. Nakanojo is stuck in a hole. Please help. We need to do something now. He's passed out. Draw eyes on him. Uh, and and Kyle Macy is just just chugga, just, chugga, chugga, chugga. just trying to show trying to show that priests aren't real, trying to fool fortune tellers, trying to remove that stupid Daifuku mask off his head. <laughs> it is his 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 life is hilarious suffering, and I can think of no better actor to do it. He's he's just he's all these all these actors are just a delight in these roles. Uh, they are wonderful, and I'm so happy that they are the people who have been cast. Now, let's talk about some more students. Uh, so, um... The Go Soccer Club. How do I... How do, yeah, how do I... So, in this school, there's a club for this sport called Go Soccer. And you might ask yourself, what is Go Soccer? And the answer is no one's really sure, frankly. It was started... None of us... Don't ask questions. Just shut up and accept it. Put, put, the guy, put the guy on your who, mask, the guy... grab your wicket, and call it Calvin Ball. No one knows what it is. The guy, the, guy, the guy who founded it, founded it under the impression... Basically made up a club so he had an excuse to uh, moon around the school uh, afterwards. And uh, did not, you know, did not really try to make anything. However, about halfway through the series, and this ghost girl hangs out with him as well. Halfway through the series, however, they get a new student who apparently was the head of the ghost soccer club at his previous school. Because this is a real sport that somehow involves go and soccer at the same time, and it's very confusing. <laughs> to which he's just, to which the president's just like, I just wanted to goof off. What the fuck? Fuck. We, you, if you're asking yourself, do we see an example of this sport in action? Yes. Yes! yes. It's amazing! It is, it is, Complete no, with no, color commentary. No no description I can give of it will live up to seeing the actual thing. Go watch the show and see it for yourself. It's... The only thing I could even, like, summarize it is... You remember that one segment of Pop Team Epic where they're playing Shogi? It's kind of like that... But dumber. But but better, yes. I mean, I think I think I think the Calvin Ball reference is very appropriate. Okay. It's at about that level of what? Did did a did a five year old write this? Maybe the Maybe. most galaxy. This series is like the five year old with the most galaxy brain attached. <laughs> 
This is the five-year-old that, like, their parents were like, the LSD won't hurt the baby. Oh. Uh, okay, but... probably not LSD. It's like, okay, what if we gave a baby catnip? How would that turn out? Okay. Hold on. Hold on. All right. We're, we're treading towards dangerous waters here. We are heading to dangerous <laughs> This show is like, what if Florida Man was given access to manga <laughs> to Clip Paint Studio? You know what? That sounds too accurate. Checking in live on the Gators Anime Club. The Gators Jokes. Anime Club. I hope y'all are the Gator The Gators are currently watching free Iwatobi Swim Club. I'm shocked. And learning and learning the methods of how to catch their own food. So so in the Igo Soccer Club, we have uh Kenzaboro Daiku, who founded the club. Uh, Yuria Sekiguchi, the girl who hangs around the club mostly to hang out with Daiku. And Makoto Sakurai, the guy who actually knows how to play Igo Soccer. <laughs> to everyone else's bewilderment. Uh, Daiku is played by Stephen Fu. Uh, Sekiguchi is played by Afia Yu. And Sakurai is played by Dallas Reed. Also note, uh, Sakurai is in fact the uh, younger brother of one of the teachers we're going to talk about later oh my god uh, but megan would you like to start us off yeah i'm gonna be really quick about uh afia as yuria yuria doesn't talk very much nope she's adorable when she does and i thought it was really cute how at the end she just really wanted to uh, to, to ask out kenzaboru uh steven foo i love steven foo steven foo is one of my favorite underrated funimation actors uh i thought he was really funny and especially when uh uh, Sakurai shows up and is like, oh. Also, me, I really like when you find out that, like, Daiku is super fucking rich. Oh, God. <laughs> this is the power of Daiku. Of the, the two group. And he just comes to school in a helicopter. helicopter. He comes to school. Uh, he uses the Blackbird <laughs> one day. <laughs> like, and I love that Steven never plays him as, like, like Sasahara, the snotty rich boy. He's just very nice guy. I think... One of my favorite things in the ending is you can see the helicopter flying by. I think that's part of the joke. T oh, yes! I God, that the endings of the show are so good. I think that's one of the jokes, too, is that, like, Sasahara is just kind of, like, a farm boy who acts like a super stuck-up rich kid. And Daiku is just, like, he's just this very humble, average Joe who's fucking loaded and just comes to school <laughs> with rich shit. And I fucking love his reaction, Steven's reaction noises, because a lot of the, the charm of Joe comes from all the open and closed mouth reactions, which is a skill that you don't really get to hear a lot of people talk about. Uh, but just fucking... <laughs> fucking watching him in uh, Dallas and, and the guy who plays the, the teacher do go soccer while the person is fucking commentating on it. And I wish I knew who was doing the commentary. Uh, who is doing the commentary? I actually don't know. Whoever that was did a great sports cast, and he's just like, what the fuck? And then, oh man, Sakurai is really- Sakurai is my favorite type of Dallas read, which is, like, the kind of quieter Dallas that isn't screaming every one of his lines. But man, the scene where they find- where his sister finds his porno mag. Oh god, I love that scene. <laughs> it's my club president! And it's really great, because, like, Dallas is yelling, and, like, at some point, I can just hear him slip into Asta. I'm like, ah, there's Asta. I'm like, we've gone from Yamato no Kami to Asta. Um, 
Or it's really funny is, or in Noah's case, we go from Tayo to Asta. Because mm. uh, he is Tayo in uh, Stars Align. But I really like Dallas's connivingness also in his voice. Where he's trying to blackmail the teacher into being the club's advisor. <laughs> and I've got the one thing that no man can resist. What is that? It's a picture of my sister in high school. <laughs> oh god. This kid is, that is some powerful. Such, he's, powerful such a, he's such a dick bag, and he's, I love him. He's a genius, that's what he is. He is. It reminds me a lot of his performance of Satoshi in Hyoka. If you've never seen that, but it's like Satoshi what? and Hyoka if Satoshi was more of an asshole. <laughs> More, yeah. more of an exploitive asshole than he kind of already is. I mean, he he feels uh, to his to his uh, shortcomings in Hioka. Not so much here. Yeah, this nothing, not so much here. Uh, speaking of somebody who was on the Hioka episode, I'm done. Noah, go ahead. I don't have a whole lot to add on these because I, I do love the idea that the mangaka came up with um, this idea of a sport that's just two disparate hobbies glued together. Go being a board game using uh, black and white stones and soccer being soccer. And the idea that you, you have these characters who are, I, I suppose, trying to figure out how to make a game out of it, and then they do, is just very amusing. Like, you don't see that very often. I, I, I can't think of any other anime where I saw them trying to combine shogi and baseball together and make shogi baseball or anything like that. So it's shogi amusing. Ball. Shogi Ball is Shogi Ball is at my yeah Shogi Ball is my new Led Zeppelin cover band. So for this idea of the entire characters is being kind of defined by that because they don't really do too much outside of that and also being wealthy as hell. Um, but Stephen Afia and Dallas do a good job on this. Um, I was kind of listening for like were there any shortcomings I could think of on this? Like do do they undersell it? Do they make the characters uh, more boring? But uh, because the script gives them enough to work with, and, like they bounce off of each other, and they do have good comedic timing. There's like little bits where Afia has to uh, hold off on saying anything until just the right moment to make it absolutely funny with her deadpan, I actually don't care about this sport at all kind of mentality. Uh, it's, it's all pretty well and good. It's, it's a nice little pocket portion of this dimension that these characters inhabit. So that, that's all I got. All right, so I'll say uh, Afia uh, as Afia as Sek uh, Sekiguchi. Uh, she's quiet. She's composed. She's super duper cute. And gosh, I hope she realizes that the guy is that the, her guy is super dumb and dense. Like, oh god, they're fucking cute. They're, she she's really cute. She's got a very simple design, but it's very effective and charming. I, I think that's the that's how I would describe like a lot of like this author's character designs, which credit where it's due. Kyo Annie and the crew attached to it, they did a fucking fantastic job replicating the look of the mangaka's art and designs. Like this is like this doesn't even look that much of a Kyoto animation show in the way you would typically associate it. This looks like a pretty close replication of the mangaka's art style and I, I feel felt that was worth applauding because sort of a somber thing I wanted to give praise and props to the character designer of this show uh, Futoshi Nishia 
Their work is phenomenal and spectacular and will always be remembered. And I wanted to give my respect to his work. May you rest in peace, sir. Amen. Amen. So, yes, Afi is adorable. Um, Stephen Fu is a good boy who is doing his best. He's rich, doing his best, and he's just like, I just wanted a club. That was cool. I don't get this. He's so befuddled by the fact that Go Soccer is real, and he's doing his best. Dallas Reed as uh, Makoto Sakurai. He is such a... He's kind of cool and snarky, but also kind of a dick. But all I love the scene <laughs> where he's... Where, where his sister finds his porn, and he's just, he, he's losing it. Why won't you knock? Why won't you knock? And she, and he tosses her out in the cutest way, where she just kind of hops a little. It's so cute. She's so cute. It's great. Um, But Dallas is just freaking losing his shit, and he's blackmailing the teacher, and it's so... He is such a charming little asshole. But he's effective, and he's a very talented Go Soccer player. He's doing his best at being the worst. And Dallas is doing his best at being the worst at being the best. Dallas is fucking fantastic <laughs> as this little shitlord, and I love him. Uh, yeah, that's my thoughts on the Go Soccer Club. Uh, I hope they make it to Nationals. <laughs> Tic-tac-toe team, we're going straight to Nationals. <laughs> oh, just, he oh, blocked God. him! Impossible! <sighs> He's learned well. You can do this, brother. Ah, <laughs> uh, pro, ah, uh, Sungwon and Pro CD. That content will be forever eternal. I think they got the point. <laughs> <laughs> or my personal favorite one. I want her to step on me. Uh. God. Please. Aqua got Aqua got norted. What? Aqua got norted. Oh, God All right, I'm done. I'm going to note that in the during that last segment, my cat has crawled into my lap, and now there's a oh, cricket is a good boy. He is a good boy. He's very confused as to why I'm doing all this. Amon, have you, you ever you be considered... giving him a snowman? Why would I give him a snowman? Because that's a thing that happens in Dietrich Joe. No, I like my cat. Actually, wait. <laughs> do you like him enough to make him cosplay as Sakamoto? I I, I tend to think. I have the opinion that putting your your pets in clothes is kind of cruel, but it's Thank only a you. scarf. It's only a scarf. Like it's o it's only a scarf, so I even might be then. willing to do that. Yes. No, even then. Only I put, only only if he doesn't. Only if it's not obviously agitating him. I once tried to make him wear a collar, and he did not care for that. I took that off almost immediately. Mon, okay. you're, a, so. you're a good pet owner. You you are a good boy. Cricket, pet pet him on. Pet him. I'm petting him. I'm petting him in my place. Because he can't hear any of you. <laughs> He gets the idea, though. Even if he could um, hear me, I doubt he'd want to listen. Oh, that's not true. You're very entertaining. Um, anyways, there are actors I should be talking about who aren't my cat. Um, I agree. Afia is very charming as Sekiguchi. Uh, she doesn't say a lot because Sekiguchi doesn't say a lot, but she's very cute and wholesome when she does. Uh, I think Steven Fu is very funny as Daiku because he's... He's a rich boy who doesn't act like it, and he just kind of wants to be a layabout, and then halfway through he has to contend with the fact that he accidentally started a club around a real, if obscure, sport. Um, but yeah, the uh, the winner of this segment is definitely Dallas Sakurai. He is... he's just a lot. 
between <laughs> arguing with his sister and getting uh, uh, getting uh, Takasaki to uh, do bend to his will and be the uh, advisor for the Ayo Soccer Club, he's just he's great. Because he's like, you used to be a master. Exactly. It's like you used to be good at it. You should be the club advisor. And he's like, I don't wanna. It, it, I gave that life up. There's basically a shonen sports anime in this bullshit sports that doesn't exist. That actually exists. Pretty much. And then he, he, but he cannot give in to his baser instincts. And would really like to see a picture of Azumi when she was in high school. To which I would like to credit the fact that that photograph was played by Lauren Landa. <laughs> Amazing. Did that, you get like, that from the No, I've watched the episode and I remember so, at the end of the that's episode. What, that was one of the ones I remembered. It was like Lauren Landa was a big one I remembered. Um, Kira Vincent Davis, which is the last one uh, I remember. Uh, Noah, you, men you mentioned you wanted Greg Aries to be uh, Nakanojo. Greg Aries is in this show as Straw. Yes, I remember. Um. Oh, God. Colleen, uh, Colleen as the frilled lizard. Well, really? Uh, Jamie. What gets me Jamie about Markey as the dirt ball? Yes. So they could. What they could have done is they could have actually dubbed Seiyu's life using all their voice actor character people that they have Funimation, and they could have done it like this, where they had like random cameos from famous voice actors and put him in that dub. But they never dubbed that show. Also, the best one was Jeremy Lee as Nano's big toe. Anyways, please continue. Uh, yeah, Dallas is great. These are all great. I love these. I love these performances so much. They are so wonderful. <clears throat> Uh, so on that note, let's talk about some adult stuff to deal with these knuckleheads every day. Oh my <laughs> god. The, let's talk about the faculty. The faculty. Who don't get paid enough for this shit. They don't get paid enough for any of this. I mean, I mean really, one of them should probably be fired. <laughs> but, you know. Which one? The one that attempted Nakamura. to <laughs> The one that attempted to she drug. She tased a child. <laughs> oh yeah, that's right. She tased she, the child. I forgot about that. She she in fact she in fact commits several actual crimes during the course of this show. At some point, there's like four people that are stuck in holes. Dig it up, Bobo. Dig it. And on this on this faculty roll call, we have uh, Izumi Sakurai. She is the older sister of Makado Sakurai. Uh, she is relatively new. She has a very nervous disposition, but she is trying her best. She is such a good even girl. She she has she even though she has an infinite supply of little sweat drops to pop off her head. <laughs> oh, I love her. She's you're doing amazing, sweetie. You're doing amazing, sweetheart. Uh, we we also have Manbu Takasaki. Uh, he is a he is another uh, he's young professional. He's trying to be a leader. He's trying to he's trying to reach to them kids, and he also has an enormous crush on Izumi. He got the love bug bad. He he is he is also very bad at hiding it, and I, I can't believe that Herbie Isekai'd him. <laughs> I hate that. I hate that so much. God damn it. God damn it. Just I don't know what imagine, I hate more. No, the statement of the fact that it took me two minutes to put it together. <laughs> Please imagine a series that starts off by a man, like a live action man in Japan, 
who gets hit by Herbie the Love Bug and sent into an animated comedy world, animated comedy, where he ends up marrying, like, a Disney princess, it would totally be something on Disney+. Plus. It really would. I'm trying to imagine the, the, the scene from, like, Zombieland Saga where, you know, Chuck Coon comes in, but instead it's Harvey, it's the love bug. It's just Herbie the love bug. bug. Just take him out. Three times. As three, be, three different angles. Being driven by Lindsay Lohan. Aww. I like, I like this headcanon that Herbie is just hired by the Japanese anime industry as an assassin to make isekais happen. <laughs> You're welcome, Amon. Thank you. Uh, next we have... Kana Nakamura, she's a science teacher of some variety. She's she's, she's a bad scientist on the side. Um, at some point, Nano starts going to the school, and she figures out that Nano is a robot, and she wants to open up Nano to see how she works. Wait, Nano's a robot? I, I, I'd also like to uh, mention to the audience, uh, Amon was nice enough to give us little descriptors about who these characters are, because there's a lot oh, of no. them. And the one <laughs> Amon it. wrote... For Miss Nakamura is she wants to open Nano up and see her insides. It's true. It's true, but I felt the world needed to see what was written. You're gonna get me in trouble one of these days. Oh, like oh, like we haven't already. That's fair. National Security is just tuning in, like, wants to open up and see what's inside. We should look into this podcast a little closer. Hey, we she, she wants to see how Nano works, and as we mentioned, she commits several actual crimes in the process of trying to do this. Because she is crafty, but not that good at it, if that makes sense. Mm-hmm. Uh, we, al- we also have Principal Shinomone. Uh, Shinonome. Uh, he is the principal. He is balding. And there's a decent chance that if you know anything about Nichijo, it's that weird anime where that middle-aged principal wrestles a deer. Oh. And this is our deer wrestler. I I think I saw that the first time I watched that scene. I knew I was stuck with anime for life. <laughs> That's the one that converted you? I, I Look, I was I was brought back into the world thanks to Gurren Lagann, but I saw that scene and I realized... There's nothing quite like anime out there. Was it the was it the fight itself, or was it Yuko's complete ballistic reactions to the whole the whole scene going down? The entirety of those five minutes was a magical encapsulation, and perhaps one of the most perfect moments in anime history. It's true. Uh, and we also have Kusuki Aura. He is the vice principal of the school. He has a. I think he used to be the principal of the school, then had to step down at some point. He had I believe a statue. he did. Yeah. Uh, he he had. Yeah. See, they get into a. Him and the principal get into a statue fight at one point. Uh, he uh he he has a rivalry with the principal, and occasionally he sees his grandson, who just confounds him every single time he comes to visit. His grandson is very. His his grandson is very cute, but might possibly murder him in his sleep. We're not sure yet. Probably not on purpose, but you never know. <laughs> Anyways, uh, Izumi is played by Tabitha Ray. Uh, Manabu is played by Sean Gan. Uh, Kana is played by Lydia McKay. Princi- the principal is played by Francis Henry. And Kosuke is played by Charlie Campbell. Megan, if you do the honors. Okay. So, I'm gonna save, uh, Takasaki for last, actually. Do that. Um... <laughs> 
I'll start with uh, Kosuke, who, if I'm right, you get a lot of segments with him outside of school with his daughter and his grandson, right? Yeah. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Where he's just like, my wife's out of town and I. Nobody pathetic. visited his blog. No, uh, the view count hasn't gone nobody up. Visits, nobody visits his blog. So, he's just a sad, pathetic old like man. Like this if you cry every time. Like, t- he's the guy who posts those creepy photoshops, photoshopped crying cats. Um, but I really like Charlie Campbell playing him as this very, like, obvious loser who's trying to use, who's trying to get back at pre- uh, Francis, Francis Henry's principal to, like, have some semblance in his life of a, vict- a moral victory. Because God knows everything else in his life hates him. Um... I really liked him. I thought he was really funny, but I've always genuinely liked when Charlie Campbell shows up and stuff. Uh, I love him as um, Grant Torino in uh, My Hero. So, uh, Francis Henry is a gentleman I'm not super familiar with. I thought he was great. I thought he was a sad, pathetic old man as well. Uh, the deer, the deer scene is fucking hilarious. Uh, but let's get into the real meat of this uh, this whole thing, which is uh, Izumi and uh, uh, Sakurai and Nakamura. Tabitha Ray is adorable as Sakurai. I wouldn't have... As somebody who also watched Fire Force this year, it's very hard to believe that Arrow <laughs> and Sakurai are played by the same woman. Um, if you... if It's like that... It's like that post of, um... Let's start a chain of really uncomfortable, like, these are voiced by the same characters. Oh, yeah. But you're never going to top Ash Ketchum and um, Manuela from Fire Emblem Three Houses. Oh, God. <laughs> there are some people who thought that was fake. I saw somebody was like, I kind of thought this was like a pre-transition and post-transition post, and I was going to say congratulations. <laughs> <laughs> I know. I don't know if Amon and Noah know anything about Fire Emblem Three Houses. I, 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 describe describe Manuela to me. Um, man, um, let me do it. Amon, paint a, paint man, a picture. Man, Amon. Uh huh. Manuela is basically you got your you got Mrs. Krabappel into my fantasy into my Game of Thrones. Oh, I know who this is. Oh, Manuela. Oh. <laughs> That is, they are both, Ash from Pokemon and Manuel are both played by Veronica Taylor. Hysterical. I love the, I love voice acting so I, fucking much. I love voice acting so much. My favorite thing is, there's like a comic, uh, somebody drew of, uh, the male player avatar. And, and she's like, I'm disgusting, no one will love me. And he's got, he's just like, am I a fucking joke to you? And he's got like flowers. He's got flowers in a balloon. He's got flowers in a balloon. But the kicker is he's wearing a t-shirt that says, I heart milfs. Yep. <laughs> oh boy. Oh. Fun fact, that's that character is played by Sack Aguilar. And the girl version is Jeannie Toronto. Um, yeah, I'm very glad that I don't. I, I'm sorry. I'm glad I don't indulge in these games because just hearing the out of context posts is just way more funny. This would be nearly as good if I go, knew you anything. You need to go. You need to follow. You need to follow incorrect Fire Emblem Three Houses quotes because it's fucking great. That's how you'll learn oh. about who these people are. I'm not sure I want to at this point. I, I'm. I'm happy. No, you being need to. Ignorant. No, you need to. You need to know about my love, Ferdinand von Eiger. Okay. You You need to understand my love of Ferdinand von Eiger, all of you. If you say Um, so. Whatever makes you happy, Megan. Okay. He's such... I love love one sunshine man and his stupid goth boyfriend. Um, 
But speaking of sunshine people, Tabitha as Izumi. She is so cute and she is so pathetic sometimes. Like I should I feel sorry for her when she's gotta deal with these fucking people and and the staff is just like, you need to be more absurdist. She's like, okay! Like, if Isabel from Animal Crossing ever had, like, a human Sona, <laughs> it would be Sakurai from Nietzsche. There has been an English dub of um, of Isabel from Animal Crossing, but it was, like, a, a communist parody voice. Uh, I'll find it for you and show why are you. Why is that the video you're fucking rip? Oh, my God. Have you done? I've, sh- I've, I've seen, seen the video you're talking you're about. So- okay. The- you know shut ex- the fuck up. Noah, shut the fuck up and sit back down. Hail, Karl Marx. <laughs> Get in the fucking corner. How dare you? You know exactly what I'm talking about. And I know nothing about Animal Crossing, but I know about that video. The only thing I ever think about when people say Isabel's coming back from Smash is this comic going, Why do you all think I'm the innocent character? I fucked every dude in this game. (laughs) Um, Stop. Stop. That's an actual thing. I don't, oh. um, I don't care. But I I know, but I love I love Tabitha as, as Sakurai. If Isabel ever had an English voice, I'd want it to be Tabitha as this. But I want to talk about my favorite male performance in the show because it's Sean Gann. Ooh. Um, I, I kind of didn't know Sean Gann very well until this year when he started playing uh, Triumph the Insult Comic Dog in Astro Lost in Space. <laughs> She's is right. A, is that the actual name? No, his name is Bigo. And Bigo, press B, press B for Bigo. Bigo is family. Uh, but there, there's two other shows that, uh, this is one of the other shows that I got to know Sean Gann on, and he like stole my heart with this performance. Uh, I will say though, we are doing an episode on this show eventually when we can hold all the girls down. Sean Gann is also fucking phenomenal in uh, Ensemble Stars. He's one of the best parts of that dub. But um. I love him as Ta- Takasaki, who is the single other most pathetic man in this entire show. <laughs> I love how he's like, he you think he's the straight man for the longest time, and then you're just like, he's like, oh, bamboo shoots. Um, <laughs> just bamboo shoots. And I love when he's uh, walking around and he sees her outside of her, her work clothes. He's like, oh my god, this is her casual clothes casual clothes and he has all these things but by god one of my favorite parts of the show is when he's up on the roof in the rain and he's trying to be like don't give in to your carnal instincts you're better than this but you're a wolf and sometimes sacrifices have to be made (laughs) and he takes the picture he's like i'll do it and then it like it's like a it's like a painted freeze frame it's like oh it went full sean is absolutely hysterical and the fact of it is like he's an actor like i said i'm not super familiar with i did not watch radiant i have not watched radiant yet and that's a show that he is a huge part of um so the fact that he impressed me so much leaves a really big impact on me and i'm done you can go ahead again i i don't like this order because i have to follow up with megan's amazing observations and i i am like i don't have anything that great I feel very out. I'm sorry, I'm, I talk too much. No, no, it's not the amount of talking. It's just the amazing jumps of logic. Like, we're going to connect Animal Crossing, Fire Emblem, Lost in Space, and puppies in this discussion. I'm like, I, I did not come prepared to this 400-level dub talk class. 
don't don't talk to me unless you're ready to play four-dimensional chess fucker I still have to finish uh, Blood Blockade Battlefront Season 2. So do I, actually. I think I had stopped at, like, Episode 4 and just never finished it. I'm sorry I like Season 1 better. It was... Fair. I mean... Yeah, it, it, I don't feel like they could have gotten any better. Like, they, they basically resolved everything they could have in Season 1. We're talking about Nichijo. Okay, um, I don't have as... Go ahead. I don't have as many notes about all these characters because, um, th there's a lot of... Uh, typecasting in uh, in these performances, which is okay because the the bread and butter of this show is how uh, different archetypes kind of just work off of each other. Um, Izumi's uh, Japanese voice actress was kind of a stereotypical Yamato Nadeshko kind of voice, just very meek and very lovable and oh god, I want to protect her kind of voice. And Tabitha translates that into English really well by being uh, the very put-upon voice without being so meek that you, you don't want to root for her. Like, there's a certain level of pathetic in uh, in any voice that could make you not want to cheer for a person because you're just like, I don't want them to do well. I don't think that they can do well. And Tabitha is perfectly on that line of trying, just trying her best. And it's not just the sweat drops coming off. Like, that's not the entire point of her character, but... God, her acting really makes you want to cheer for this girl to do better. She just wanted to be a good teacher. And uh, I, I'm glad that none of the students are picking on her, because I, I would have to drop kick anyone who did. Um, Manaba is um, also a, an inter is a very fun comedic actor. Like He's probably the funniest uh, stand uh, solo character in the show. Like A lot of the other characters are funny because they work off of other characters, but this guy is just funny on his own because he is so caught up in his own ennui of brokenness and wanting to date the teacher. And I can relate to that. Like I think every one of us guys who's ever had a crush on a girl who we didn't feel we were good enough for could absolutely feel this guy's pain. And Sean does a good job of tapping into that as well. It's funny, it's... It's likable, and the poor, the poor guy, the poor schmuck. Just absolutely. Uh, let's see. Uh, the two, pr uh, the principal and the vice principal, I don't have as much to say about. Um, I mean, Francis and Charlie do a good job. Um, they work off of each other well when they're, like, trying to hide the fact that we got a bigger statue for me. Or um, just being absolutely put upon with uh, the grandsons, or trying to, trying to cheer people up, trying to cheer up birthday people teachers by putting a Buddha in their locker. I don't know what what exactly that was supposed to mean, but it, it was amusing. So those two are perfectly fine. But my favorite of this whole group is actually Lydia. Just because... Oh, I fucking totally forgot to talk about her. Holy <laughs> she, She's quite a character, isn't she? Yes! I don't... See... I was trying to figure out, like, like, what is this trying to say? Okay, obviously, there's no deeper meaning to some of these characters. Like, some of them are, the mangaka thought, this would be fun, and wrote them into the story. And certainly they are. And I, I do want Lydia to know that I have no ill will towards her acting and all this, because she was given a character who I don't think anyone really likes. They're amused by her, but they don't like her as a person. She, she, She's like the meanest spirited character in the series. She is. And the fact that she does not realize that makes it even worse. Like, sometimes I can get behind malicious characters who have higher ambitions. This one is just an asshole. Just a curious science asshole who wants to dissect robots and does not take very good care of their cats. That being said, uh, Lydia's portrayal of it is, um, 
once again, going back to Japanese archetypes, the original uh, Kana's voice role was this very uh, kind of nasally, nerdy teacher voice, that or older woman voice that uh, is also kind of deadpan. It's like a little bit deadpan to the world. And Lydia gives her a little more dynamicism just for the sake of... Um, of being Lydia like I don't think she can I don't think Lydia can be monotone she's just that talented so with uh, with all these translations going on if they were going to mess up any of the the adult characters or any of the teacher characters uh, no I don't think they did I think they translated these all pretty well Noah I'm sorry to interrupt you but I I'm sending you I'm sending our group chat for this episode memes for the fire room three houses one and I have to read this one <laughs> Me to my three-year-old. Now, sweetheart, I know Chase from the the police pup from Paw Patrol seems nice, but he is what we call a class traitor. <laughs> he is. He, what the? F have you ever seen the show? You ever seen Paw Patrol? No, Chase is a class I haven't. Traitor. <laughs> I don't so, have children. Pushing up, and my... I haven't watched it with my nephews yet. Are you telling me that you only watch cartoons if you have children? You you, you do know what podcast you're on, right? No, uh, I don't watch Paw Patrol, fucker. So you're not gonna do the pa the Paw Patrol podcast episode, the the Paw cast with me? I can't fucking work with this. I'm I'm, I'm done. Anyway, I'm back. Anyway, back on topic. I just needed to read that because Paw Patrol. We can't escape it, can Did we? Did we just we just lost him on? No, that was Andrew. Oh. <laughs> Can you not tell us apart? No, no, I heard someone's door shut. No, that was. I think Andrew I keep sending. Out. I, oh, <laughs> I storm. I keep sending. Yeah. I keep. I keep on sending Linhart memes because Linhart is played by Chris Patton. So I'm enjoying them. <laughs> Are you reading them as I send them? A little bit. Yeah. <laughs> They're great, aren't they? They are. Andrew, have you returned? I have returned. All right. All right. Is it my turn? Yes. Uh, yes. Okay, so I will start with the two principals. They don't get to interact too much or say too much, but what they are really very good as hyperventilating intensely. They are so good at just breathing heavily and hyperventilating. But I also think uh, Francis, as the principal, gets a really good shitty statement where it's like he does a hike. What, what was it about? Well, is it haiku? Haiku? Haiku. No. Haiku. I said it is, haiku. It is yes. five syllables, seven syllables, five syllables. One thought it would be nice to give a present, but a Buddha statue is not so pleasant. Sorry. And just everybody's just looking at him like, with like, oh god, what the fuck? And of course, he wrestles the deer, and it's fucking perfect. The vice principal is doing his best. Nobody reads his blog, and I'm pretty sure his grandson is going to be the death of him, who is played by Sarah Wienenhef, and she is adorable, by the way. Um, who? Oh, was that Sarah as uh, the grandson? Yes, that was very, very much Sarah Wienenhef as his grandson. Uh, so, I will start with... Uh, I will continue to go with Lydia Mackey. Uh, I love every time she says for science in a weirder, funnier way. It always cracks me up. It's just like... I'm going to do this for science, just in a wackier way, and it's like, oh, I've gone too far, and I love the way she just says, run away, she says it in this nice sing-songy run away, 
he's like, oh god, oh, you you <laughs> fucked up so badly. You fucked up so badly. <laughs> so badly. I do kind of enjoy the moments where she's actually getting a little embarrassed where like, uh, I think it's Madabu who's like, you're actually a lot cuter outside of work than I expected. It's like, oh no! Oh no, fuck you! And she just retreats. It's like, oh, that asshole. No. Retreat! Retreat! Also, when she's running- oh, when she tries to find, uh, her cat, uh, Tai- uh, Taisho. Who is just Sakamoto. Yes. Oh god, it's so great. And she's like, hitty hitty. No, uh, Lydia's delightful as, uh, as the- this- evil mad science teacher lady who really, really should have been fired a long time ago. Uh, as for other teachers, uh, Izumi Sakura Sakurai is... Oh my god, she's the cutest fucking little button. She is doing her best. She is exuding a world of sweat. Tabitha is delightful. Tabitha's really funny when you put her in a good comedy. She's in Dagashi Kashi and Hinamatsuri, where she is hysterical in both Dagashi Kashi and Hinamatsuri. And here she is just playing a character who is doing the best she can and it's just pure You're right, she would be she would be a perfect voice for Isabel in Animal Crossing. But she's not a fucking communist. Nor is she banging everybody in in your town. She's she is a good good little secretary pup who I want to give good head pats to. And I would give this girl good head pats too. And she's great. I would not think lewd thoughts of her, but I know who would think lewd thoughts of her would be Madabu Takasaki. Madabu wants to give her good pets too, if you know what I mean. Ma Madabu is like the most relatably horny guy in this, who just thinks <laughs> he just thinks about ca her in casual clothing, and she he thinks of her like with like a sort of open button shirt and nothing else on underneath and he's just like yeah that's so good and like oh fucking big mood right there and then he thinks of her in like a, a chinese dress it's like yeah that's great fuck what am i doing and like okay my favorite character in the show who doesn't talk who i have used this gift ad nauseum is of the dog buddy <laughs> yes. The, the dog Buddy, who every time like somebody is suffering or in pain, and by somebody I mean Yuko and sometimes Mio, where they are just in pain, runs all the way from across the world, sometimes with his son, to put his paw on them and sympathize with them. Sympathy pup dot emoji. Sympathy pup, empathy doggo, whatever it does, Buddy sympathizes. So I would go up to him as he is struggling with these, these horny thoughts of this cute teacher. I would put my paw on his shoulder and be like, I feel you, buddy. I feel you. Sean Gen is fucking hysterical. There is some fantastic delivery that he is just screaming and freaking out and flipping his shit. And he is, he is killing it and he is chewing it. Tabitha sounds like she is just always sweating and freaking the fuck out. I want these two to hook up because they'd be adorable and it'd be great. And, oh my god, Tabitha and Sean are so goddamn funny. Put them in more things. <laughs> okay, I'm done. Alright. Uh, Francis and Charlie are both entertaining as the principal and the vice principal. Uh, they're just, they're, they're good, they're good weird old men. Uh, now I, I'm of the impression that Nichijou should be a part of Momo's permanent collection, and of course the representative example should just be the deer wrestling scene on a loop. 
Uh, and I know Francis doesn't. I don't. He doesn't say much, but he does sell the pain of trading a deer, which I appreciate. Um, Lydia, I find Lydia deeply. I have a fondness for mad scientists, even when they're just objectively terrible people. Uh, and Lydia is just a fine example of that. She's just curious, and she's willing to, you know, taser a student by accident once in a while, and then just kind of flee before she can get in trouble. Run away! It's Lydia's. Lydia's. Lydia's very good. Uh, I know it's not technically voice acting on her part, but I do always appreciate the pause you see as Nakamura is just absorbing what heinous crime she's, she's absorbing. Committed. What she does and either flees or makes it even worse. That's true. Just his mohawk's just right there. She just. <laughs> just, fucking... just take just take some electric clippers and just shaves it right off. <laughs> she can't she couldn't stop herself. Good lord. She had to do it for science. She she's like yeah. Fred from Courage the Cowardly Dog, where she just takes takes the fucking razor and all you hear is la 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 <laughs> Not the Fred I thought you were going to reference. Uh, the Fred you think she's gonna, re she's gonna uh, reference. Miss Nakamura, you're being so very naughty. Oh boy. Um, ah, that's a deep cut right there. Almost as deep as the ending of Kumamiko. Okay, that that that's a joke from later today. That one it requires context we don't have time for. Anyways, um, but the standouts in this group. Tabitha and Sean. Uh, Izumi, she's just doing her best. She wants to do a good job. That's why she's so nervous all the time. She doesn't want to fuck up. Kids she wants to make a positive exactly. impact on these kids. Exactly. She wants to be a good teacher to the students. And she's just doing her best, dang it. And she's such a sweetheart the entire time. It's really, it's quite, it's quite touching. It's not, just, it, she wants, it's not easy to go up to a guy with a tray and a glass of wine just walking down the hallway and telling him maybe that's not a good idea. And then she just wants to know what the frilly scarf he's wearing is. And he's just like, ha ha, what a question. But you didn't answer me. <laughs> like I said, no one's malicious to her. Like, everyone's pretty nice to her, which is good. Because she doesn't deserve any of their shit. The writers instinctively understand that if they were, if they had characters be mean to Izumi, we would not like them, and that would spoil the comedy. Uh, and we have Sean as Takasaki. What a huge dork! <laughs> just, just a. He also wants to be a good professor, but he is also just what a dork, boy! Oh boy. I can't save your, this student's life. Why is that? Why is she interacting with that student? That's inappropriate contact. Oh, they're siblings. Let's go. I am a teacher after all. <sighs> he's very. He's, he has an opinion of himself, let's say. And he is just. And Sean just sells it so very well at how serious he wants to be and how serious he is not in reality. It's it's pretty great. I'm Bravo. 
Thank you. Just wonderful performances. Mm -hmm. I'm very, I'm gonna say that a lot this this time around. It's uh, at some point my, my ability to talk to sing the praise of this dub kind of leaves actual language and just kind of becomes a feeling of joy that I hope I can express to you. If you could express like positive noises with a bunch of supportive emojis or something like that, you would. Something something along those lines. Maybe it just be, maybe it just be a really good bright you know instrumental. I don't know. Anyways. I like science. Now, now, now yeah, science. Science. We're on to one of our two main groups of characters, kids. We're going to take a little field trip down to Shinonome Labs. Uh, Yay! Shinonome Labs is a small house out in the suburbs of whatever town this uh, this, this show takes place in. Uh, there, It has three occupants. It has Akase Shinonome. She is a small child. She is a genius. And, uh, but, um, she's, like... Five? Five. She, she's, she, I think she's eight or something. Oh, I thought she was much younger. She, she just acts like it. Are, do, you, do you think she's eight because I said she was eight earlier? Because I don't know how old she is. I, I feel like be... she is eight. Yeah, no, I believe somebody said she was eight. Let's she... consult the wiki. It says, uh, it says she has above average intellect but behaves like a spoiled eight-year-old child. Okay, so... Uh, which sounds about right. Um... Case in point, she is a genius, and you can tell that because she made a fully functional fucking robot. <laughs> Nano Shinamone. Who I feel like she made in part because it's easier to get someone who appears to be a teenager to go buy all your snacks. Which, you know what? Mm -hmm. That's the long con right there. <laughs> is it a con if there's no con involved? I don't know. She just She just wants to eat candy, that's all. And in addition to these two, we have Sakamoto, a who used to be Nakamura's cat, but then he escaped one day because she's a bad pet owner, and he wandered into their yard, and Hakase gave him a scarf that lets him speak English, and he regretted that decision ever since. Oh, he regretted it so much. Sakamoto, you poor, poor bastard. Hakase is played by Jade Saxton. Nano is played by Monica Rial, and Sakamoto is played by Anthony Bowling. Megan, if you would. So I would I, I want to start with Hakase, who's played by Jade. I'd also like to point out that according to the, the Nichijou fandom wiki, that Hakase wants to win the Octagawa Award, which is a Japanese literary award, and anytime I just get to say the name Octagawa, I have a fun day. Um... Uh, fun fact for anybody who doesn't know who doesn't know who the real Ryanosuke Octagawa is, he is the gentleman that wrote the bases for the very very the he wrote these two stories that Akira Kurosawa would go ahead and take and combine to make the very famous film uh, Rashomon. Hence, why if you watch Boon Go Stray Dogs, that's why his power is called Rashomon. I learned um, something today. Thank you. <laughs> subscribe. I wrote an entire article on that. Um. I love Jade as Hakase. I love the fact that she sounds like an actual little child. And that she gets Hakase's little bratty in, uh, idiosyncrasies down. Like, where she's just like, Why well, I don't wanna go to bed. I want chocolate. I don't wanna eat my green peppers. And I think that she plays off... I love that she sounds so much visibly... Like, so much audibly younger than Monica as uh, Nano. Because Monica... Nano is Monica's voice, 
but it's not her like cutesy little kid voice. It's more like it's a little itty bitty bit of older Monica because she needs to sound older than Hakase, but she doesn't need to sound as old as maybe Sakurai or um, uh, Mio's sister, uh, Yoshino. And I really, really like that, and I love Jay's energy. And one of my favorite moments in the whole show is where um, she ties a rope to Sakamoto, and they go outside, and they get surrounded by um, Mai's two dogs. Who are the weirdest fucking dogs, by the dogs way. Dogs in the world. I thought my dogs were weird, but, like, just... And she's just like, they're gonna bite us! And she's, like, freaking out. And she's like, Sakamoto, what do we do? And Sakamoto's like, I don't fucking know! <laughs> you got us into this mess! Get us out of it! Get us out! I swear to God, I really hope that there's a track... There are just Sakamoto bloopers of Anthony yelling fuck every other word. <laughs> just, just, uh... And then... Because I was talking about uh, Nano, I really like Monica's Nano. I think that she plays the straight man, the kind of straight man, in the Hakase Nano situation. Then who gets to be the other weirdo whenever uh, Sakamoto is there, and she's got to kind of juggle this, and then she's also got to juggle that I'm not a robot. Haha! <laughs> Why could you ever think that? Why would anybody ever think that I'm a robot? I'm a normal human being, and I think that she plays it off really well. And I think that this is some of what I really like out of Monica's acting. It's got the comedic chops, it's got the heart, it's got the sweetness. And then there's Anthony Bowling as a 40-year-old man shoved in a tiny cat's body. <laughs> um, I find it really weird because Anthony Bowling for a really long time was my pick for best uh, male in a comedy. And then Sean Gann kind of stole it from him at the last minute. And he's my second favorite performance in the show. I just find it really weird because Sakamoto's register is very, very similar to his character in Ensemble Stars Ray. Who, to describe, are two completely different characters where Sakamoto is an exasperated, this exasperated man who is putting up with two dumb children and just realizes that his life is utterly fucked. And his ensemble um, star's character is basically... I'm, I'm getting there. Okay. I'm getting there. Just Sakamoto's realization when uh, he's trapped between Nano and... and, uh, and Nakamura... And he's just like, come on, Nano, get me out of this. And he's just like, oh my god, why are you so stupid? And then he's just like, oh my god, both my life is hell wherever I go. This is my life now. Hello, darkness, my old friend. You have that compared to his character in Ensemble Stars who thinks that he is literally a vampire. Yes. Okay. <laughs> the, yeah, there's no sleeps, other response from you, it's just, Okay. He sleeps in a car. No, but here's the thing. He's actually like a super compelling character, and I my favorite my favorite description of him is uh uh our demon lord who's full of more heart than any other human here because he's actually a genuinely good character. Like he's a genuinely good person. I, I just need to save that for that episode. You should watch the Sable Stars. Anthony's performance is also really great in that, like Sean. Uh, but I I just find it really funny that my brain immediately was like. I wouldn't have, and here's the funny thing, was when our friend Got watched Ensemble Stars, he was the one to tell me that was Anthony Bowling because Got's exact reaction was, oh, that's just Sakamoto's voice. <laughs> I I love it, though. I love Sakamoto's just... God, you, Sakamoto yells at them like he is their father. Well, technically, I mean, and I love he it. is basically the only adult in the room. 
Sakamoto is played with big dilf energy. No, Megan, no. <laughs> yes. He's a good- I wouldn't even say dilf. It's more like- Big dad energy. Ch sure. Yes. I, mean, I feel- character like... Ed Asner would play in the 70s. <laughs> Sakamoto oh, acts like he oh, would- Sakamoto oh, acts like he is a 1950s sitcom dad with a giant newspaper and a pipe who's ready to instill morals to his son at the end of every 23 minutes. Now I just want to go back and re-dub all of Sakamoto's dialogue with the character from Up. <laughs> just punch that in there. Go find me the bird. This is very interesting. That would work! It would. That would work! It would. I'm done. No, we can go ahead. <laughs> There's so many references tonight. Yes. The fun thing about voice acting is that people play other roles, and then those roles all blend together in our brains. For instance... Jade Saxon and Monica Rial, they were the lead characters in a little indie project that you may have heard of before called Michiko and Hachin as a lead I character in that Never. show. Oh god. And this, is not, fucking... this, this is not the reunion of Michiko and Hachin I was expecting. Because they're nope. highly different kind of characters in this show. But I'm glad they're here because uh, Jade plays um, little, um, little kids very well. She's, al she's always lovably adorable. And in this case here, she gets to play a character who's a little more of a shit gremlin than some of her other characters. Um, but that, but it's so, uh, it's so unmalicious that I can't hit it too much. Like, there's little bits where uh, Hakase is just um, like avoiding eye contact because she's trying to, uh, she's trying to hide the fact that yes, she did eat the snacks today, and that's why she's not hungry for dinner. Or she's, she knows full well that she could take the key off of Nano's back and put, you know, her out of her misery. But she won't do that, because that key is cute. And that just makes us uh, love uh, Nano all the more. So Jade's total uh, cutesy uh, perfection of this, with very full syllables, uh, is really fun to listen to. And, you know, if I didn't know that you know Jade was a full-grown woman, I would have sworn that they'd gotten an actual eight-year-old into the recording booth. You know, that actually went out and found a local Texas girl and said, hey, you want to be in a cartoon? And put her in the show. Can't say the same for uh, Monica's Nano, because uh, like you were saying, Megan, she's got to sound more like a teenage voice. And uh, it's, it's refreshing to hear Monica. Like, you can tell it's Monica. Like, she, you can tell from the way she speaks that it's Monica, but it is refreshing to hear her uh, do a voice that's not her uh, usual cutesy voice. You know, it's not her stalking voice. Um, and she does a really good job. She gets to be really, uh, really heartbroken in a lot of scenes. Like, she she wants to be a normal girl. She wants to hide the fact that there's a, a USB drive in her toe. And she wants to just go to school like a normal girl. And when she gets to, like, in the at the midpoint of the season, where she's just absolutely geeking out over her uniform, or the fact that she gets to go to school and have friends it's again. It's so cute! It is the most adorable thing ever, and that is why she is by far my favorite character in the show. Like, you know, she's the only one with development and an arc and sympathy, and even though she's not the, the funniest of all the characters, she is the one that I just absolutely... I, I want to buy a Nano robot and take Nano is... Nano, to me, is the heart of the show. Oh, definitely. Mm -hmm. There's... Yeah, there's no doubt about that. 
Um, and I don't have as much to say about Anthony bullying Asakamoto, but I can say that uh, he takes a little bit of a different turn compared to the Japanese. The Japanese sounded much older. Um, they tried, to, they did give him uh, sort of a, a middle-aged businessman voice to him, which was supposed to be funny because it contrasted with his, you know, he's a cat. And he, you know, he, he likes to, to bat at the stick that they put in front of him, or I'm playing with my tail, hee hee hee, this is so much fun! Um, and so Anthony's uh, portrayal of it is kind of a little bit younger, like he sounds more like he's in his like uh, early 20s kind of voice instead. But it works out as, uh, just as well, his comedic timing is pretty good, uh, you empathize with his desire to be the adult of the, the house, despite not that not working out so well, and uh, yeah, it's all uh, it's pretty good on his end. These three are a lot of fun to watch, and I'm glad that the show kind of jumps between their antics and the high school antics. To, uh, to diversify it up a bit. Mm -hmm. Alright, so which one do I start with? Um, I will start with uh, Sakamoto first, because I do remember he had a much deeper voice in the Japanese, but I feel like Sakamoto, like Anthony Bowling and Sakamoto, still does a perfect job encapsulating that same old man energy, even if it's not the old man voice. Like, Anthony just does a really good job exuding, like, like this older person voice, in a way, where it at least makes him, Sakamoto, act, like, old and tired, but also kind of spry and cute when he needs to. I think that actually makes it a little more, like, versatile for when he's able to do a lot more of the weird comedic comedy stuff, but also just, Sakamoto just has great reactions to things. When it's like, when it's them doing stupid bullshit, and he's just like, what are you doing? Why would you do that? Get me out of this fucking glue. Why would you give a cat gum? And then, also, the, the moments where he's trying to act sophisticated and stern, but Hakusei has the little cat tail, and he's just like, oh, oh, I see, sometimes we, uh, we try to act more mature but oh no wait i want to play with that it look it's so much fun <laughs> oh tell no one and he's just like oh he wants to be respected so badly but oh god he's great he's so snarky and fun also i love his delivery on like what how because he wants to be called mr sakamoto he says it's mr sakamoto capiche and, uh, like, Hakase purposely keeps calling him Sakamoto instead of Mr. Sakamoto. He's just like, do you mock me, child? Oh, God, his delivery and things. Also, another another thing, because you mentioned the snowman earlier. I actually wrote down something funny he says that was noteworthy about the script. That's snow way to treat a cat. Talk about a cold shoulder. God, Anthony is so good. Also, Jade and Monica... In my mind, when I saw these two were casted as these characters, my brain switched the two characters they were cast as around at first. I thought Monica was Hakase, and I thought Jade was was Nano. That's what my brain thought. So seeing the reverse of what I would typically associate for what they play, I was pleasantly surprised, and I think overall it was the better move. Jade is precious as Hakase. 
She's so precious. She's so rude, but she's so precious and cute. And she has all these little great little eyes and quips. And she talks about how cute robots are. And she talks about how cute the gun is. And it's like, the robots are so cute. And I agree with her. Robots are very cute. But also Nano is just a walking ball of pure anxiety that wants to be accepted, not realizing the world is weird. It doesn't give a shit, girl. You're lovely and wonderful. It is perfect to be the way you are. But yeah, no. I love how she how she's just a little older and more mature, but still kind of young and whimsical and bright and cheery-eyed. And I love what I love the cat puns she was doing earlier. I love the way Monica rolls the perfect. It's like, oh, perfect. That's perfect. No, Monica. Monica's Monica's a fantastic fucking actress. Like, she's got some great comedic chops. She's got some great, earnest, sincere moments. I think the end of the show, she's really cute and heartfelt. And I love Nano. She is the heart of the show. I she's adorable. Hate, and she's doing her best. I hate KyoAni so much because they had to, because this whole show was just comedy, comedy, comedy. And at the very end, they had to put that stinger of a, of a sentimental happy ending with the cake and the I'm happy with my life as it is. And it was like, ah, stop doing this. Stop it, I love her so much. But no, uh, Monica Real is fan-fucking-tastic, and honestly, this is, like, of recent Monicas in recent years, I'd probably say this is, like, one of my favorite comedic Monicas I've heard in a long time, and she's fantastic. And also, of course, Jade is just so fucking cute as Hakase. Hakase is such a little, is so rude and bratty, but, like, she is, she is actually a child, so I think that's kind of why it works, even though it's, like, how does she support herself financially? The, the the wiki does not know how she supports herself financially. They're like, it is never explained how she supports herself financially. Well, even though see, she makes in, many advances. You see, in Japan, they have a very well-stocked child care services where children can just take care of themselves. They get a check from the government every month, and that's all you need. I mean, pretty much half of the high schoolers in anime are just taking care of themselves while their parents are abroad. Anyways, I don't know where I'm going with this. These two are great. I'm on. Where do I start? Don't you have a cat on when your they... lap? Uh, he left a while ago. Oh. My cat's very big, so if I shift around too much, he tends to just leave. He fill he fills up my entire lap. He is not a small boy. He would... a chunky boy. Would, would you say he's he... very big? Would you say he's a perfect boy? Yes. Yes, I would. Uh. When they announced they were doing the, the dub of this show, uh, and time came for preview clips, I think memory serves. I I don't remember what scene it was. But one of the first things they showed was a scene between Jade and Monica. I remember mm -hmm. the exact scene. It was. It's where they first get. It's where they first find Kitty Sakamoto, and he doesn't right. talk yet. And they're just petting him, and they're talking about he's so fluffy. This part's the fluffiest. Wait, this part's fluffier. This part's the fluffy part. That's right. Um, there was a reason for that. They knew, like, it's Nichijo. No one ever thought it was gonna be dubbed. We have to, we have to put our strongest foot forward if we want to make this work. Uh, and Jade and Monica are so perfectly cast as these characters. It, 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 it borderline swings into like. I'm not, I don't think of there being actors behind these characters. They're just the characters acting and doing stuff. 
Um, I cannot think of anybody who would have been better in these roles. They, they, Jade is so, like, I agree, Jade sounds like an actual child in a way that I don't, I, I feel like you don't, not you don't ever see in anime, but I think it's usually more common, it's more common for, like, young boys. You know, you'll have, have Alice in Victorian playing, like, a small child somewhere, and like, oh yeah, it sounds like a Like, like, like a I've heard boy. Jade play young characters, but... It sounds young in a way that this is, I can believe this is a real child. Right, there, there's a, there's a, not a groundedness to the performance, but it sounds authentic. Yeah. It, so, it sounds like an actual child, not like, you know, an adult doing a good job playing a child. Uh, there's no, there's no, like, that, that sense of artifice you might get there just doesn't exist. Uh, which I'm, I'm deeply impressed by, especially because she can be so funny. <laughs> because robots are cute! Uh, she's, she's just, she's great. Um, Monica's great for similar reasons, just she sounds, she is so, she's so, she captures Nano's baseline endless anxiety so well at just existence, and how she is at the mercy of this eight-year-old who won't do what she says, and has a giant key sticking out of her back, and she got stuck on a roof once! She did. Oh, yeah. <laughs> she just just wandering she just around, just wandering around, trying to figure out how she's gonna get off this roof. Speaking of which, do you think <laughs> that kid ever found his way off the roof? I don't think he did. Uh, it is not for us to wonder why; it's for us to laugh at jokes. Yeah, Monica's just, Monica's just great, especially in the second half of the show where she starts going to school and she has like a whole new set of characters to interact with. Like she is a delight the entire time. Absolutely perfect, bravo. Yeah, there was a lot to love about that second half of the show. It's good. You, you, Noah, you would probably appreciate this. Uh, uh, Nano not going to school for much of the story is an invention of the anime. In the manga, she's at the school from the beginning. Yeah, I, I think you really yeah, you mentioned that yes. to me. That yeah, that they they wanted to prolong the yeah the that element of it until the mm -hmm. second half to you know really stretch the show out. Yeah. Really. Yes. I uh, never so. do that. What the fuck? That's... Well, well, you should be picking up the manga now, shouldn't you, Andrew? <laughs> I own them. I own the first three volumes. I bought really cheap at a con, and I just I haven't read them. <laughs> I have to now, shit. Anyways, um, but now I want to talk about my favorite performance in this segment. <laughs> I love Sakamoto so goddamn much. <laughs> He is. I love. I. I have a fondness for characters who are clearly just frustrated by the idiots they have to deal with. <laughs> sometimes from my own experience, and sometimes just it's like, yeah, they are morons. I'm sorry you have to deal with them. Uh, and he is so. I. I. Anthony Bowl. I found discovered last year that I really like him when Anthony Bowling plays like endlessly frustrated animal and or mascot characters. See also uh, Robbie Hachi. Um, and he, he 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 may take that to its perfection in Sakamoto. He is so good at just being. He wants to be so serious, but he's still a cat. He can't do much. He gets easily distracted by toys and shiny things. It's not going to work. Also, he has my favorite single line in this entire show, which is Miles Davis is spinning in his grave. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, that is a joke wow. Taylor made for you. This is a show Taylor made for me. It's really embarrassing. I forget if that was the line in the original. It is. No, I know. I know this because that is that is a direct adaptation of a of a of a. Nichijou is not a four coma, but it does have a four coma pseudo spinoff, 
which is what Helvetica standard is. Mm-hmm. And that is a Helvetica standard strip. It's that exact thing. Nano also, and Akase are playing trumpets, and they're very bad, and Sakamoto berates them by noting Miles Davis is rolling in his grave. Also, because there's no real way to properly segment this, here's a fun fact for you. Uh, Sakamoto uh-huh. Sakamoto Before the Collar is voiced by Macy Ann Johnson. Oh, there we go. Who's also uh, the voice of one of the... I forget which cat. She is in uh, Roommate Cat. She's one of the cats. Neat. Oh, no, she's not. No, she's not. I'm, Kim- I'm mixing her up with Kimberly Grace. Okay. There she is. She. I was like, I've seen her in our, in our show before. We, we talked about her in No Gun's Life. Yes. Yes. Now I remember. I... All right. Sorry about that. No worries. Uh, I Anthony Bowling is wonderful here. He is so good. I'm so happy. Um, these casting choices are all perfect, and they're just the best. And on that note, let's go to our final set of characters. The three you've all been waiting for. Oh my Things god. Things we think are freaking cool! Cool. The... Getting to the end of this episode! Yeah! <laughs> exactly. Um, we, ha- we have the knuckleheads at the center of this piece. Yuko Ayo. Energetic. Spunky. Kinda dumb. Kinda <laughs> dumb. Miga Nanahoro... Migo Nagonohara, a little more serious, great artistic talents, huge BL fan, has a monstrous clutch on Sasahara to the point where he is the star of most of the BL doujinshi she makes. Oh god. To her occasional regret. And Mio Minakami, quiet, bewildering, nonsensical. I think you it's said Mai, isn't to it? Say Mai. You said Mio. Thank you. Thank you. My, my Minikami. What kind of moron put Quiet. two characters with an M in their name right next to each other? I did. <laughs> so I did the, organized this so list did the author. No, it was your fault. I could have organized this list differently. No, I just didn't. No, no, this is, no, blame this on the author. This is right out there with have, having two characters in Clan Ed, one of them named Tomoya and one named Tomoyo. You just don't do oh, that. fuck. I forgot about that. You're Who right. does that? Uh, Sadus, that's who. What's their name? He, whoever, whoever makes all those light novels I never played. Anyways, um... <laughs> Jen Maeda. Yeah, Ma- Ma- June Maeda. June Maeda. June May Minakami, quiet, bewildering, eccentric, has weird dogs. Oh, her doggos are so really weird. weird. Dogs They're are so her. weird. They are, they are, in retrospect, the only dogs Mai could have. When you get down to it, you're right. Actually, what? That hold up. The wiki has names for these dogs. I need to look them up. Hang on, hang because on. Because of course. Uh, Oguri, Oguri Cap, and Pion. Sounds very fitting. Indeed. Uh, Yuko is played by Morgan Garrett. Mio is played by Leah Clark. Mi is played by Brittany Lauda. Megan. Oh God, Megan. I home stretch. Home stretch. Andrew, is this what you felt like recording the dubbies last night? Yes, Megan. Yes, it did. It's almost midnight. So, uh, I'll start with my... Brittany Lauda is uh, not somebody I necessarily associate with deadpan. Uh, especially after performances such as Yakiho in The Morose Mononokian, who was uh, very loud and very childish. Or uh, Rico in Maiden Abyss, who is very... 
loud and very childish and also screams like a banshee because she's gotta you know go through she's some gotta shit go through the, the abyss yes happy fun time as she does but her mom's down there anyway listen nobody comes out of uncle cthulhu's fun time happy hellhole unscathed this is true um is unfortunate but yes uh and i haven't I haven't gotten to her character in Legend of the Galactic Heroes, Denua Tessa, but all I want to say is, hey, Brittany, congratulations on the endgame for that character. Um, but I really liked her as Mai. I think that she never... I like the fact that Mai kind of whispers a majority of her lines and that she's kind of this creepy, like... You know what it reminds me of? It reminds me a lot of... Um, I'm gonna get- I think this is who plays the character, and everybody in the comments can correct me, and I should know this, because I was on the episode for this. It reminds me a lot of Michelle Ruff's Yuki Nagato. But comedic. Hmm. Yeah! It wouldn't surprise me. I mean, that same studio. Yeah, um... So, I, I really liked it. I really liked her. I also really liked how genuinely kind she is to uh, Hakase, and she draws her the sharks. <gasps> That's and so then in cute! The Dude. And then when she fucking trolls uh, Yuko about being best friends or lovers. <gasps> it's the most Yuri thing in the world. And it's such an asshole move. Uh, and then Morgan as Yuko. Obviously, she was in our fan vote. Uh, it's fantastic. It is nothing like I've ever heard Morgan Garrett in my life. Because as everybody knows, I'm used to Morgan Garrett playing every waifu I've ever loved. Yes. Um. Morgan Garrett plays a lot of sultry, older female characters. Like Akira Mato from Token Ro- uh, from Did you also say from Token Ro- <laughs> <laughs> Uh It's okay. I just lost my street cred for both, because those are two of my favorite franchises. She's Akira Mato in Tokyo Ghoul. Um, she's- The first role I ever heard was as, a uh, Riska, right, is her name in Attack on Titan? I don't know her name, but I know exactly who you're talking about. You know, she's the girl who's yelling at Aaron and them for the Battle of Troth. Yeah, or at least, she's, like, she's the, the girl with glasses. The girl with glasses. Uh, I'm trying to think of other Morgan Garrett characters. Uh, or the only other really comedic-ish younger teenage girl character I've ever actually heard her as is as Daya in Love Live Sunshine. Yes. Oh, by the way, happy birthday, Daya. It's her birthday at the happy time. Happy birthday, birth. Daya Kurosawa. It's your birthday. Boo-boo, Desua. Boo boo! Now I'm gonna keep yelling "boo boo" Desawa in my in like the loudest voice I can. Uh, so I really liked her as as Yuko as this dumb idiot child who's just like settle up, puggy, and always chipper and cheerful and up there and all of her her reactions with like to the end of the Faye segments because that's usually like shit that's going on in her brain or she's like I'm just gonna go stand out in the hall and all of the weird noises. But my actual favorite of these three is me as Leah Clark as Mio. Mio is just basically me in high school, except for with more talent. Um, I love her yelling. I love her like, ah, my life is suffering. My banquet of boys. Just she's such a she's hysterical, and she was one of my favorite female comedic performances of the year, and I I didn't expect to really like it when I had first heard the clips. Though I do love the clip, she's like, I'm not giving you my bag. And 
and the more I watched the show, the more I was laughing harder and harder at her performance. So hats off to Leah Clark. May, may I take the Buddha statue from you now? You may yeah, take, you, you you may the, take Buddha the Buddha statue. Just don't cremate it. <laughs> it'll, it's okay. It'll come back. It'll just reincarnate. Fuck. Yeah. Um, I feel like um, you, you need to be immersed in a certain level of Japanese um, idioms in order to understand Mai's everything. And um, that that's why I'm glad that we kind of... Um, that I was not able to watch this show when it first came out, because back in when the show came out in 2011, whenever it was, when it was for streaming, I would not have gotten a good chunk of this. It would have just kind of flown off my head. And now that I, I had no idea what the what the staircase scene was when I first watched it. Yeah, that, yeah that's that's no, thing too. No one in America understood that show. Yeah, the entire. Well, I mean, they they liked it. They they liked the little little spurts of it. Lots of little clips of Nichi Joe were uploaded to YouTube when that show came out. No content. No, no, I meant I meant the staircase joke in general. Yeah, that's like no one in this no one in this country knows Dragon Quest jokes. That's not a thing here. Well, the cool kids do. What cool kids? We're nerds. <laughs> we're we're cool. I'm cool. We're cool. I on mean, the Nintendo really did. Nintendo really did push Dragon Quest uh, 11s Definitive Age, whatever the fuck the title of that whole thing was. That is true. My point being is that Mai's uh, Mai's role in this um, is. Um, I don't know if I compare it, uh, the voice acting exactly to Yuki Nagato. I can see where you're going with that. Um, I just can't picture Yuki being quite this uh, malicious. I don't think she's overtly okay. She's a little tad malicious. She is very much. That's probably why she gets along with Hakusei. She, she fits right in. There's, but yeah, I, I'm also not used to Brittany uh, being more deadpan and soft-spoken in her roles. So this was refreshing to listen to, and uh, for however to translate this, even though she doesn't have as much dialogue, she does have to strike that right balance between uh, being amused by what's going on around her and kind of feeling like she's already read the script. Like, she's seen this show already, and she's just living the rerun of it, which is- Are a you saying she's Q? Holy shit. Yes, I am. That's exactly what I'm saying. Thank you for that. Oh my god. That's it. We're out of references for the night. Um, but yeah, Brittany is good in this. Um, and I, I don't think she would have been as great by herself. Like, she needs the more Spaxa characters to work off of. So, uh, yeah, I'm glad that uh, Brittany got to do a more bit of a more deadpan voice. Uh, moving on to Mio, who, uh, you know, she's an interesting... Uh, I'm not quite sure uh, uh, how to feel about Mio because uh, she's the most normal of the trio, and since she's but but she gets to be more spastic in scenes where she's like, yeah, if you if you push the the fire alarm button, uh, nothing actually happens, and then she pushes it, and then she's just like, well, everyone's filing out. So I get the feeling that the mangaka uh, envisioned her as like. Uh, an embodiment of the average girl, like she's supposed to be more of like the every girl, with with all the anxieties and all the fears that go with it. And I've said before, Leah can do anything. Like I've heard her in every type of voice before, every type of performance, and with this one, she gets to be a very, a very average high school girl with a lot of anxieties and a lot of weird siblings, a lot of weird friends, and she just wants she just wants to draw. 
She just wants to draw her banquet of boys, and there's nothing wrong with that. But the one that I had the most fun with was definitely uh, Morgan's portrayal as Yuko. Not just because she's the, the Tomo of the group who is the most broken, is the most moronic of them all, but because she gets to uh, she gets to go up and down with her pitch and her speaking and her however she says everything in a way that is so much fun to listen to. And because a lot of the dialogue is kind of internal, it's just her speaking to herself and freaking out, you don't have to match the lip flap so heavily. So Morgan gets to have just a ton of fun with this role, and it sounds like she's having fun. I wish... Like, uh, to be a fly on the wall in the recording sessions and just watching Morgan go to town with all of the lines that she gets to have, just, it sounds like she would have been so fun. So even though I have some qualms with the show itself as far as, like, what it was actually trying to accomplish, I, I want nothing but the best for Yuko. She's a moron, but goddammit, she's a lovable moron. Mm-hmm. Okay. Speaking of lovable morons, Andrew, would you like to take it away? <laughs> a- Andrew... Andrew, Andrew, before you start, I want you to know that I now keep thinking of Maya as being played by John Delancey, and I hope you're proud of (laughs) I'm so proud of myself, Amon. I'm so proud. I want you to enjoy that image for the rest of the night. No. (laughs) Yes. Where is my Photoshop? Okay, here, I can make it even worse. Imagine Mai as being played by Discord for My Little Pony. (laughs) Andrew, would you like to know how much My Little Pony I've seen in my life? Do you hear that? Do you guys hear that sound? What's that? That's the Mm -hmm. sound of Spaceman Hardy just absolutely tearing (laughs) up inside. Because he he, he had a heart attack, and he's like, I've just felt in somewhere out there, some motherfucker just referenced My Little Pony. No, Hardy is going to storm into my into my room and smack me the same way Yuko's mom did to her. <laughs> Quit trying to get sick and go study, you lazy lug nut. So anyway, uh, anyway, jokes on you. I don't know what Discord sounds like. It, um, it, it, it he's it, it's literally Q. it's Q. It's literally it's Q, what it's. Oh, it is John Delancey. It is the, John Delancey. They got him. It's literally the just. Ch- it's literally John Delancey. Playing a fursona of Q. Did you have to use the term fursona? You know, if my cat yes. if my cat hadn't hopped up on my lap again, I would have stormed out of here at that. But you know what? I'm stuck here for now. So you're stuck with here. Your you're gonna listen to my thoughts, anyways. So let's start with my because legitimately, I'm kind of still blown away that's Brittany Lauda as my because Brittany Lauda plays a lot of different types of characters, but the quiet. Stoic bookworm troll girl was not what I expected out of her. And she plays it extremely, extremely convincingly. Like, she's very calm and cool, but also she's just has. I love the way she plays off of Yuko and how, like, when she's kind of messing with her feelings, it's the most sweet, sincere, I think I'm falling for you. It's like, oh, damn, you're getting me too. And also. I, th- I thought that was legit. I thought that so. was legit, too, and it was great. But also, just, she's really funny and sells some of the deliveries, which one of my favorite deliveries from Brittany as Mai is when they're stuck in the elevator, losing their <laughs> garbage, as Mio and Yuko are laughing hysterically hard, like, there's no help, nobody's coming to save us. Mai's just lying there. The only thing she th- he says is, guess I'll die. 
Mm-hmm. <laughs> and I'm like, God, that's so perfect. No, Brittany is so good. This is such a unique performance for her, and it's really funny, and it's really great. Uh, Leah, Leah's Mio. It's like, of the three performances here, I think this is the one I was most able to discern as this is a Leah Clark performance. But it's a very good Leah Clark performance. And it's crazy and wild and just insane. And just so funny. The screams, the power, the emotion when she's chasing Yuko down the hallway and she's talking about her banquet of boys. And then she's like, the fire in my heart must become an inferno. And just, oh God. Oh, she's delightful when she's fucking slams the cop and the goat and she's freaking out she's also talking about how shit Yuko's art is Leah's just so fucking funny her delivery is great and she plays off of Yuko so good and Morgan this is the year of some of the funniest comedic ladies I've heard all year there's been Christina Fee in Konosuba there's been Madeline Morris in How Heavy Are the Dumbbells You Lift. There's the entirety of the Endro cast. But at the end of the year, there can only be one. Holy shit, Morgan as Yuko is fan-fucking-tastic. It is magical. It is perfect. Waiting eight years for this double load was worth it. So I could hear Morgan Lore Garrett play the character of Yuko. It's so perfect. Like, I associate, as Megan has said, Morgan Garrett, I think, as... Okay, is this an older lady who is sexy and maybe showing some boob? Let's get Morgan Garrett. I do not associate Morgan Garrett as the biggest, sweetest, lovable, dorky, troll, idiot, sweet, dumb child in the world. I do not associate that with Morgan. And she's perfect. It's perfect. She was made for this role. And it's so, so good. I want to point out that, like, do you want to know what one of the characters that Morgan Garrett plays looks like? What? Like, I want everyone to know that Morgan Garrett's character in Empire of Corpses is quite literally introduced by jumping out of a carrot, a carriage and flamethrowing down a thing of zombies and her boobs look like two torpedoes that are just flopping around on her chest. That is a wonderful image, thank you. You have my attention. But She was built by Thomas Edison when that explains why. Anyways, legitimately, every single like line delivery from Yuko sounds magical. Anytime she's being goofy, anytime she's being like, met, like just she has these great screams she has these great cries she has these great moments of fear and panic and defeat uh some of my favorite things that i wrote is that what i also love like when she's screaming and freaking out and crying and then she just goes really quiet all of a sudden is like she's freaking out about the arm wrestling thing it's like it's only arm wrestling how can you be so good at it i completely forgot i had to pee this entire time my resolve is like a diamond, and this diamond is unbreakable is another thing. Fucking Howard, good job. But, oh my god, every single thing that Morgan says out of her mouth is magical comedy gold, and it's perfect, and I love it. Thank you, Morgan. 
Amon. Alright, uh, Brittany's delightful. Uh, she plays, I think she just plays my really, really well. She gets the, she's very quiet on the surface and she doesn't seem to say a lot, but when she, <laughs> but she, 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 she keeps that quietness and she has such great delivery, especially when they're doing like the, the, the friends or love, the friends and lovers bit or something like that. Just, she knows how to, know how to present it so well, even within that, that very like kind of, you know, quiet vocal tone. My um, glasses, my glasses. Exactly. She's just, she's just, she does it really well. Uh, she captures the she just captures the weirdness of the character really well in that too. I think um, she's great to hear. I love I love this performance immensely. Um, Leah is absolutely delightful as Mio. <laughs> she is trying so hard to do okay and be like the one the one the most functional member of the three probably. Uh, she's trying so hard. It's <laughs> a very low bar despite, to clear. There are a lot of low bars show. Sakamoto is the most adult person at Chinonome Labs. Also not a low, not a high bar to clear. Um, when did we get stained glass in our classroom? That's a good question. Um, but Leah, Leah is... She's trying so hard to be dignified. And it's just not working. My favorite, my personal highlight, is the one where they get stopped by the police officer... Yes! And, uh, who is played by Zach Bolton, if memory serves. And Mio is just going to go to every possible length to not have anybody look in her bag where her dirty, dirty doujins are. Passion. She is drawn. They're, her, they're her drawn doujins, not something she's bought. No, no, they're hers. <laughs> and it is, so, it is it is maybe one of the best scenes in the... There are a lot of best scenes in this show, but that's, that one's unquestionably up there. Um, and Leah is so great at being like like a normal high school student to a certain degree, but also one <laughs> beat you up sometimes. Uh, also, I, I, I from the wiki, uh, this is one of the better sentences in the wiki, and from the trivia section on Mio's page, Mio is technically a criminal. In episode 21, when she tries to get back her other bread, she ends up killing one of the soldiers aboard the airship. <laughs> <laughs> That's right. So Mio. That's right. She does. She is a. She is a fucking murderer. Te technically a murderer. <laughs> Let that be a lesson to you. Don't piss off Mio. She will. She will murder a bitch. <laughs> I need to read this wiki more. This is she's it's a great. It's a great wiki. It's written. It's written in just the right, like kind of bland, you know, wiki style. It Except feels like Nichijou. it could be part of the Nichijou so story itself. It really, it really does. Um, Which, Leah, it, yep. Sorry, yeah. I was gonna say, if you really want to understand the true, the author of Nichijou, what they're like, there is a literal nameless like almost nameless character in the show who is just the one thing she does is she kind of turns on a pole during the thing where Mio's having this terrible like she's bad at sports thing a fan was super obsessed with the character oh this literally wrote into the author on their radio show being like hey tell me more about this character i really like the character they're so like Please tell me more. I need more details. To which the author just basically replied, "Yeah, they're kind of a bitch." <laughs> which, oh. yeah. Oh God, my never, ne never before. I'm sure has that fan ever been a big fan of death to the author. Hmm. 
Um, yeah, Leia, Leia is phenomenal. Delightful. But they're not who we're here to talk about tonight. Yeah. Oh, I thought Amon was done. <laughs> no, no. Sorry, I got one more left. We, it's okay. We need to talk about Morgan. Uh, I don't know if the Dubby's episode is going to come out by the time this is out, but if it has, you probably have an inkling of what I'm about to say. Um, I don't really know how I can sing, how much highly I can sing the praises of Morgan. She is... We mentioned earlier the first dub clip they showed was Hakase and Nano petting Sakamoto. I don't know if it was the second, but the second one I saw was the deer wrestling scene. And I believe moment, that did come out after. The moment, the moment where I knew I am going to enjoy this dub was in the deer wrestling scene where the principal fucks up. I believe he fucks up leaping off the statue onto the deer, and Yuko just goes, "He ate it." <laughs> And at that point, I fell in love. Morgan Garrett is so perfectly cast as Yuko. She, for what she, for what she does a good job, actually sounding like a teenager and capturing that like kind of manic, over the top, hyperactive energy that Yuko has so often. And she is just so funny. She made concern chewing funny. That's hard. To which I now realize the entire gag about the expired uh, melon bread is now officially expired no. in this yep. day. Yep. Mm -hmm. Yep. That doesn't. It's. It, you can't make that joke anymore. Sorry, guys. But you planned it. It is planned all along. Much like the bread, it is very expired now. <laughs> no, it will be. Uh, wait, couldn't we resurrect it again once we start getting into the twenty? thousand one hundred oh, years oh, so, somebody has already edited the image with to make the one look like a two it's it's forever don't worry Morgan garrett is delightful in this role and yeah she's perfect I, I literally cannot imagine anyone else playing this character she is just so spot on thank you thank you thank you Bob. now let's 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 it's it's late and we're all tired so let's move on to our final thoughts oh Megan. heck no i got enough chocolate to last for at least an hour Fuck you, oh, you fuck you, I have work in the morning. I need sleep. Fuck you, I have work in the morning. I have work in the afternoon, technically, but it's somewhere. <laughs> okay, technically, I do too. Technically, I do too, but my body is like, nah, fam. All right, final thoughts, uh, we got this. My final thoughts are you should really check out the Dubinichijo. I didn't expect, I, I didn't expect it to be this good. I thought it was... A really great way to get people into the show who are maybe a little bit intimidated by watching a show like this in Japanese where there's so many references and there's so many things flying around and it's fast-paced and there is no coherent story. I think that uh, under the direction of Jade, it did a really great job. Howard's writing is exceptional. I really enjoy a lot of the performances in here, especially from uh, people like Sean Gann, who if you're not super familiar with, I really hope that he gets to keep going. Uh, and just really, really fun time overall, and I really should go around and get a copy of this, because I, and I think I'm the only one of us who doesn't own it yet, except for maybe Noah, so. I, I do not have a copy of it yet, but, uh, I'll probably pick it up, because, um, I ha I had issues with this show for years, for like ten years now, or however long the show has been coming out, because... Eight or nine. Yeah. So, uh, it's a show where I, I want to like it way more than I actually do. And I, I kind of, I'm jealous of Andrew because 
uh, a good chunk of the affection for it may have come from people who watched it very early on, or like it was one of their first anime. Um, and so this show kind of feels like what Lucky Star is to me, where Lucky Star, I can say critically, is not the best show ever. But because I saw it so early on, it just fills that that hole in the heart where your earliest anime goes to. But as far as like actually enjoying the dub of this show, I was convinced for quite a while that this would be an impossible task. Um, not that you couldn't translate this, but that you could not translate the dialogue from the show into English and still make it funny. Um, you could you could have the, the physical scenes, you could have like the deer fight scene or the drop the curry and ruin the rice scene, like those parts are physical comedies, but as far as like the puns and everything, I was convinced it would be impossible. This cast showed me that no, you could do this, and this is great because I can't imagine this being dubbed even five years ago as well as this was. Like, there are times where they've tried to translate, like, Japanese-heavy shows where it just didn't come across as well. And this is really a step forward, I think, in how well you can do this. You can localize some of the jokes so that they make more sense in English. You can keep some of the Japanese references because your core viewer now, in 2020, is going to get them. Because otaku are a little more sophisticated and not quite as weebish as they used to be. And you can have amazing actors and actresses who just have really great comedic timing in bringing this content forward. Again, I've still got issues with the show itself, which I may talk about in a video that I want to put together if I can find the time to do it. But if you're on the fence about watching the show in Japanese or English, I can recommend the English just as much as the Japanese. So, excellent job, Jaden team. This is a pro this is this this dub talk episode is something I gave up on. I gave up on this years ago. I made peace with this years ago. That this wasn't going to happen. I think it was around the time we did Dragon Maid, actually. Where it was like, they announced it was coming out sub-only or something. It was just like... No, I remember... It's when not we happening. When we were talking about Dragon Maid, it hadn't been licensed yet. I don't think. Oh, you're right. It hadn't been licensed then. Yeah, because yes. we were... Theor no, it yes, hadn't. It had. Because we were theorizing about... Nichijo, it Nichijo sub-only had... What, not what show from KyoAni wasn't licensed yet? Because we were talking about... Funimation. I think it was. I think it was Hyoka. It might have been Hyoka. Okay. okay. I, yeah. It, it, no. It would have okay. been Hyoka. Okay. Okay. I. I thinking back to a few years ago is hard. It's just the point being. I. I made peace <laughs> a couple years with, ago. I, that was yesterday. I made peace. Sorry. Fuck off. I made peace with the fact that like the Nichijo dub was dead in the water. It was dead in my Miami, so to speak. It was never to see the light of day. I made peace with that. I at some point I was just happy the fact that Nietzsche Joe was licensed and legally available to stream and watch. And then the Selamat Pagi in English tweet. I still hadn't quite processed it. But when I finally realized I lost my fucking mind. I like it's not like it's not even that I did it's not even that I wanted like this to be a perfect dub. I just wanted to see what would happen if they tried. And not only did they try, they blew my expectations out of the water. Everybody on this project gave their A game. The comedy is on point. The delivery is fantastic. The scripting is wonderful. This is a show that spot eight 
nine years later, I'm still thinking fondly about, and watching it again was revisiting an old friend of mine. And it was just... To, ev to whoever at Funimation, whoever at Funimation just one day walked into somebody's office and was just like, hey, Joe's great, it deserves an English dub, I salute you and thank you for making this happen. Because this is a fucking surreal experience, and I'm so happy this dub exists. It's so funny. I'm glad to be here tonight. Thank you. We're glad to have you. Yes. Uh, this dub has no business being any good at all, and it is not only good, it is borderline perfect. Uh, and you should watch it, or you're dumb. Uh, and on that vaguely insulting <laughs> note, if you would like to watch the Nichijou dub, uh, you can buy it on Blu-ray. I will note, there was the earlier sub-only package, it's Blu-ray and DVD, the dub package is just Blu-ray. Uh, if, so if, if you still... need, if you need to differentiate between which one has the dub or not, the dub has, uh, Nano, Hakase, and Sakamoto in a voice acting recording booth. Yes. Uh, if you're not about that physical media life, you can also watch it on Funimation's website. Uh, I believe the first few episodes are free and the rest of it you need a Funimation account, which I believe is around $7.99 a month currently. Uh, you can get a 14-day free trial. Uh, do note that you will be charged at the end of those 14 days if you do not cancel it, although by that point you might find that you like Funimation's offerings and want to keep subscribing to them. Uh... Oh, wait, hold on. First, we have patrons. Yes. Uh, we have a Patreon. Yes. We have a Patreon. You should uh, go to our Patreon. There'll be a link in the description. Uh, please give us money. We appreciate it. It's very helpful. And case in point, if you do that, you will, in fact, uh, you can get your name read out on the episode. Uh, from our $5 tier, we have Crimson Echidna, Michelle Travis, and Nico Robin, but with, the, but with the yaoi hands. Thank you for your contribution. And at the $10 tier, we have Carly Lestikow, Jacob Wilson, J2, a.k.a. Jared, Marco Bermudez, Marissa Lenti. Thank you, Marissa. And Weeby. Thank you all for your support. Thanks, Alejandro. Yeah, thank, thank you, Alejandro. <laughs> thank you all for your support. Um, uh, you can find us on our YouTube channel. You can find us on Twitter and technically Twitch and Tumblr, although we don't use the Twitch much and Tumblr is kind of dead. Um, it's all Dub Talk Podcast, so please check us out there. Uh, and would you all tell me where you, uh, I can? we can all find you on the internet? You can follow me at Queen Era 2, I shit post. You can follow me on Twitter at Noah Clue and on YouTube at, not at, uh, on YouTube, Journey Traveler. My name is Andrew, a.k.a. Classy Spartan. You can find me on Twitter at MangaMan9000. If you want to know what else I do aside from shit posts on the internet and sometimes talk about how much I like my girlfriend and or dogs... Neither are mutually exclusive. Uh, I'm also on another podcast on Surreal Resolution's website called Podcast ONA, where I talk about anime news with fellow po uh, Dub Talk podcast co-host Jet. Um, yeah. And uh, you can find me on Twitter at US. Duel has two U's in it. I talk about movies and comics and music and bullshit. Uh, speaking of music, I do have a dusty old song. Okay. Uh, which... So, you might recall that in the third episode, uh, there's a little tag at the very end where uh, Yuko reads a continuation of this bizarre comic Mai wrote that doesn't make any sense about a man mm -hmm. running around on a tiger. Um, so you're watching that, and it's all very funny and laughs. Except when I was watching it, I wasn't paying attention to what was happening at all. Because I was sitting there, and I was listening to the music. I was like, wait a minute. Do -da, do -da, do -da, do -da. This is Take 5 by the Dave Brubeck Quartet. <laughs> I don't recognize this beat anywhere. Yeah. 
if you want to, if you have an idea of how painfully Wait. scientifically accurate this is, this is appealing to me. They have an entire, they have a, they have a background song that is a ripoff or aping uh, of the most of the best-selling jazz single of all time. I was gonna say, how is that a dusty old song you've never heard of before? It, I would argue that at this point, take five might be a little obscure for most they people. They reference. They exactly played like, it in Kids on the Slope. Actually. You, <laughs> Amon, if you don't mind uh -huh. me saying, yes. You know what else might be a little bit obscure at this point? I'm not done yet, but go on. A little-known group called Men Without Hats. <laughs> Men Without Hats do not need my help getting listeners. Maybe more than one song. Anyways, <laughs> rude. Antarctica is a very good song. Anyways, um. <laughs> Where was I going with this? The Dave Brood Band. Take Take Five by the Dave Brood Quartet is a very great song, but if you know that, I might recommend the rest of that album. Time Out. Uh, the first uh, the first song on it, Blue Rondo a la Turk, is also very good, uh, and also in a weird time signature. That's the gimmick of that album. Uh, sidebar: All the music in Ichijo slaps real hard. It's great. <laughs> it's uh, my, really good classical stuff. My personal favorite is uh, one called uh, Kitsune to Tanuki no Amanuke na Bakashi Ai, which is the one where that very judgmental bassoon solo starts it off. You know. Da, na, 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 na. Like it's the, how you know stupidity is about to happen. The music in Ichijo is great. Like, both OPs are great. The ED, like, there's a lot of EDs, but I love ZZ. I love Z's. ZZZ has been, <laughs> like, has been added to my playlist lately like that got added to my playlist lately and then uh this is gonna be a deep cut for some people mm -hmm. um i recently added a song to my playlist called uh gecko symphonia uh -huh. if anybody knows where that is from um i will tell you guys after recording but anybody in the comments if you know where uh gecko symphonia is from uh just put it in the comments and Maybe, just maybe, I will watch that show but, this year. Mm, so. But, yeah. Uh, as, a, as a final sidebar, if you enjoy Nichijo, I will note that the all ten volumes of the manga are in print in English from Vertical Comics. Uh, from Vertical, you can also get uh, KGRI's um, semi-Nichijo four-coma spin-off Helvetica Standard. There are two volumes of that, Helvetica Standard Bold and Helvetica Standard Italic. And, of course, you can get his follow-up series, City, which I ask that you buy, because the store I work at, it sells nothing. I think I might be the only one who's bought the last two volumes so far. It's very tragic. Please support I'm really it. really bummed out. Look, look, if it gets an anime someday, that shit's gonna be big, I believe in it. You mean, you mean like how Yatsumo was definitely gonna get an anime? I think that's just because he actually just won't let me. I think I that's know, kind I of know that. Look, I know that. I'm still bitter. Anyways, on that note, thank you all for listening. Uh, watch Nichi Joe and have a wonderful day. Thank you and to everybody. Aloha. Thank you. And be be careful of deer on your way home. It's true. <sighs> Before I go, can I read? Can I read one incorrect fire emblem quote? Sure. Do teachers not realize uh, that at like at a certain point, students just can't? Like, we are literally dead inside. <laughs> Quote Linhart for Fire Emblem The Three Houses. Thank you, Megan. Good night, kids. Rock on Boston, rock on Cleveland. Because if they don't dance, and if they don't dance, because there are no friends of God mine. God is dead. No friends of mine. 
Safety dads. Oh, safety and now dads. I, I, See, oh. I will now perform my people's. I will now perform my people's native dance. That opening song is sung by the same guy with his voice pitched up for the female parts. Good night, everyone. Good night. Hi there! It's me, the background image that all the headshots and character names get superimposed over in every episode of Dub Talk. I've seen and heard a lot of stuff you wouldn't believe working on this show, but it's pretty alright. And I get to hear all the jokes that get edited out of the final cut for being too rude. <laughs> Next time on Dub Talk, more anime dub reviews. I tell you what they're covering, but they keep me on a strict need-to-know basis. See you then!